Hello, everybody, and welcome back to OMB Reviews. I am the critic who is a cynic, and welcome to episode 355 of the Welcome to Asgard podcast and to our first of two Chosen of Valhalla live streams. Today's stream is to make up for the stream we did not have in June since I was out of town for three or four weekends out of the month of June. Looking back at June, I just can't believe I did that much travel, and July was looking to be a lot more quiet of a month thank the lord but i am joined with my chosen we are having some technical difficulties with zk man so i just want to shout him out real quick as we try and work out with his uh as you all know if you've been watching the chosen streams the last few months uh since his his move he has not found any really good any real good internet where he is and so we're going to try and and work through that today and i'm going to try and see if i can maybe even give some uh, suggestions for the future as well, some ways to to work around it. I'm no I'm no tech advisor. I, I I may not be a biologist. I may not be a tech advisor, but I know a couple of things about what a woman is and also uh, how internet works sometimes. Anyway, so thank you all for joining. And uh, yeah, we're gonna see how many people can join. A lot of people did have some last minute uh, events pop up. Someone, uh, Laura, the modern major general of the channel, is. <laughs> Waiting on her, her chatty Kathy of a uh, <laughs> lawn uh, lawn worker to to finish chatting it up with a neighbor. Uh, so we'll we'll see who is able to join us. Uh, but we do have right now joining us the Empress of the Universe, who we'll have to leave in about ninety minutes or so because uh, she's got some Fourth of July weekend plans, Woo! and that of course is the amazing <laughs> Tina. Tina, how's it going? I am doing okay. Uh, for those of you in the U.S. Happy 4th of July weekend. For anyone north of the border, a belated happy Canada Day. I know that was yesterday. Yeah, I got a random comment about that about, uh, I think it was in the Friday Night Tights chat, where it was mentioned that red, apparently, is the color for uh, National Canada Day or something. And so Uh, (laughs) a couple of jokes saying, oh, Odin, is your background so red to, you know, because of Canada Day? And I'm thinking to myself, well, one... No, I'm not Canadian, so why, <laughs> why would I care about Canada well, Day? I think their flag background is mm. red. Yeah. Uh, I used to know Canadians. I knew a bunch of them in uh, British Columbia. Yeah. And I would go up to Vancouver. Uh, oh, good grief. I went up there about three times in three years. And that's a beautiful country. But they were always like, yeah, everybody they would keep saying back east and i was like what is back east and they said you know ontario (laughs) (laughs) and they're like we're our own separate entity out here so yeah i okay red all right well okay (laughs) (laughs) yeah i know the two main colors at least on the flag um is like the red and the white so yeah because I think those are the only two colors, so, so I guess it would make sense that if it's not white, that it would then be uh, that it would then be red. Uh, but yeah, no, it's it's been pretty great to 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 have people always react that way to my background colors because people who are following the channel know that I have been trying to keep up with and match like whatever the liturgical color is of that day. Right. So for instance, today is you know most Saturdays are dedicated to Our Lady in some way, but it's actually the Feast of the Visitation. So when oh, okay. Mary, yeah, when the when John the Baptist leaps in her mother's womb, yes, yes. so it's a it's a feast day, and therefore any feast day of Mary or 
of Christ, other than a couple of his feasts, like yesterday, for instance, it was the precious blood that we were uh, reflecting upon, commemorating, so red was more appropriate, um, but usually it's white, um, and obviously okay. anything with the Holy Spirit as well, so, yes, but thank you for joining. Somebody in the chat said Canada has the second most Chinese population after China, so I believe that oh. because there were a lot of yeah. uh, Canadian Chinese when I was out in Vancouver. Mm -hmm. And I was really surprised. And then you see the flights coming into the airport and it, it was all these Chinese would come, you know, would come off the planes. And I was like, good grief. I didn't realize they had such a large population. Yeah, I thought I remember having heard something about that once. It's it's always interesting to hear those those facts about different countries. And that's why I love the Asgardian community, because we have people from, literally from all over, right? We have uh, a chosen member who couldn't be with us today. I think he'll be in the chat a little bit later, but he's from, I believe, the Croatia area. Um, yes. You know, we, we've got, of course, Canadians. We've got Gary Banjo Sandwich. I saw him in the chat, you know, people from the UK. Um, we have people from Australia and New Zealand. Actually, I just found out and confirmed someone from New Zealand. You know, Sherry Allen, who comes into the yes, chat, yes. just found out that she is based in, in New Zealand because uh, she had I had put out on Twitter and on uh, Instagram. And last night I mentioned on Friday Night Tights. And it's amazing. I've already had like 10 to 15 ask. Um, but I had mentioned saying, yeah, I'm making rosaries now and I'm looking just to give them away. And so I've already had like 15 say, hey can you send me one? And some have oh, said, wow. I kind of feel bad because I live here or I live there. And for me, it's, <laughs> you know, luckily rosaries aren't very large. This is actually one I just started working on uh, earlier in the stream um, or rather before the oh, stream started. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so luckily though, they're, they're rather small, they're light. So uh -huh. I imagine the postage isn't going to be too bad for it, but, okay. but yeah, I just, you know, giving them away for free. And if you want to donate something, you're welcome to, but I'm not going to ask for, you know, I'm not that kind of person to be like, cool. <laughs> you must donate at least $5 to cover my shipping costs. It's like, no, I'm, as you all know, I like to try and put as much as I can back into uh, the channel. So for right. giveaways and, and all that stuff, by the way, Tina, I, I think you had seen it maybe before we started, but mm -hmm. um, anyone else who hadn't, uh, cause I use this, this fun little thing called a uh, previous non it's um it's wheel of names. And uh, actually since, since we have a little bit of time, since there's uh -huh. so we're waiting on some people, let me show you. So for those that have wondered, I, I actually recorded a video of doing it once, but it was so large, I couldn't upload it onto the Discord. And it was oh, like, wow. I would have had to jump through hoops basically to upload it to YouTube, make it unlisted, and then post it. And I was like, ah. So I figured might as well show y'all how I, this is how I choose the uh, the winners for giveaways. <laughs> It's just this little, simple, free little wheel. And so I put whoever puts their names in. Um, and then you just like literally click on it. And it's like, spin, 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 spin. Vanna, get ready to turn those numbers now. <laughs> and so, for instance, in this instance, it'd be Tina who would have won. Um, oh. But <laughs> but I did put in there for all those that had not won. I think it was just Orange Chat, Tina, and K-Man. Um, right. So just message me and I will happily send you what is we still have a, like a lot of stuff remaining um a lot of steel books a lot of 4ks and stuff but anyway oh, so i also like yeah. to be able to you know send those out anywhere in the world so no matter who wins wherever they live i like to be able to send that wherever um and uh obviously i like doing other giveaways on the channel and yeah it's just i like doing it because in the end I see the money that comes in and it's not all that much the first place, but to me, it's like, yeah, I'd rather, you know, 
give it to y'all in some way right? through, movies, through movies and such but k-man you with us yeah i think so okay that's a lot better yes. i can <laughs> let's hope that no plane uh or anything else flies through your signal <laughs> how you doing good sir uh, hopefully i'm doing good hopefully small for two good. plan on building a, a little thing nearby my house to where i know a signal is good enough to catch this oh okay okay so like basically building your own cell tower or at least your own like satellite tower to catch something uh pretty much be like a i guess you want to say like a mini studio away from the house in a spot where i know has uh has a signal that's a great idea that's actually a really good idea. And then eventually, uh, when Elon Musk continues his takeover of the world, um, and uh, <laughs> and Starlink becomes a, a little bit more accessible to, to everyone else, I think that that could also be a way where it's like, oh, pick a place to put that giant, you know, antenna thing that he that he has a part of that system to be able to get a better signal, but. Yeah, because you mentioned that you had uh, Verizon, and I mentioned in the chat, and I don't know if you had time to respond or not, but do you have, like, the main Verizon, like, where it's, like, the 80 to $90 a month for the unlimited plan type? Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. That's interesting. I feel like they're typically, because you're in a more rural area, right? Yeah. Like, outside of the city? I feel like it, Verizon's usually actually a little bit better in those areas than than most um, because even though it does well in the cities where they have all of those like 5G antennas and such, I do think that they're typically seen as being one of the better ones for even the more out out of the city places. But I guess not in this instance. Yeah, You're not, like, you pick the one place where maybe they're not as good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, they got some hills around here that uh, kind of blocks the signal oh, a little bit. That'll do it. Maybe, maybe you should. Uh, you know, as you're voting for future elect, you know, future uh, local uh, politicians, you should ask, like, you should go to all the town halls and say, um, yeah, so when are you going to build a, a nice little tower relay for us so that we can get signal <laughs> on, <laughs> on our cell service and everything? At this point, I'd let them build it in my backyard. <laughs> <laughs> should mention that in your speech, too, saying, I am willing to you know, give to the city this one by one area of my backyard, as long as you are willing to maintain it and do like you can do it as long as I get the signal and get to plug into it, you know, have some fun conditions in there. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, well, thank you for being here. And uh, I'm seeing green bars at this point. So we're just going to keep on rolling through while, while we got K-Man, of course, as we got Tina as well let's say hello to some people in the chat i see laura in the chat uh says the gardener's lawnmower uh is just idling in the front yard oh my god oh my so not only are they chatty cathing it up you know just you know chatting it up but then they're also just leaving their mower running oh what will the trees think of that mother earth is crying right now laura in california no less i am disappointed uh <laughs> How 3000 is here. What's going on? Hail to you. Uh, Steph, I just saw that she jumped into the chat. So, Steph, thank you all for safety. Thank you for very, very much for being here. I assume that you have some classes probably today. Um, I think she's got three. Oh, fun, fun, fun. We got Bruce in the chat. Hail to you, Bruce. Bruce, I gave you a shout out last night 
Uh, he came in a little late after I showed the the white privilege card uh, that he had sent me, and uh, and a few other people, of course, had it and knew what it was. But yeah, I gave Bruce a shout out for setting that my way. So shout out again to Bruce, Miss Minnesota hockey fan. What's going on, Miss Minnesota? Thanks for being here. Um, I I know that he retracted this and changed it to hello, but I just like how it said UK hell. It said just UK hell from Gary Banjo Sandwich. UK is in University of Kentucky or UK is in United <laughs> Kingdom? Uh, as in the United Kingdom. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is there a, is there a you know, there's some states, I don't watch a lot of college football, but I, every time, every now and then I'll pick up some things where it's like the university versus university. Like somehow the the is meant to stipulate that there's a difference. Uh, like the Ohio State, I think, is sometimes referred to. Yeah, now with uh, UK, I mean, we just call it UK or university, the mm. University of Kentucky. Okay. And then there's the University of Louisville, but we call them U of L. So, gotcha. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> They're always the best names, just college in general. Uh, Chef Nickdera, what's going on? Good sir, thanks for being here. We got Rhaegar. What's going on, Rhaegar? Thank you very much for joining today. I appreciate it. Uh, Gary Banjo Sandwich loves a chosen stream. They are a lot of fun. Three hours of just fun conversation about pretty much anything. Anything the chosen want to talk about, um, as long as it's as long as it's appropriate. <laughs> I say that, and yet it's like, yeah, we will go. <laughs> We'll go off on tangents every now and then, and it's all it's all fun. Uh, <laughs> there is the legend himself, Alex McCarthy. Been praying for you, man. Glad to see you continue to recover. He says, "Howdy, old, and how's it going? How's Baby Thor? Baby Thor's fine. He is either napping or is about to go down for his nap. Uh, watching Elvis movies on HBO Max and got uh, and got." It in an hour? Oh, got, got PT. Sorry. He's watching Elvis. He's got physical therapy in an hour. He walked 400 feet in a walking machine yesterday. Congratulations, good yeah. sir. That is awesome. So glad to hear your continued recovering going very well. And thank you for always taking time to stop by, even when you're going through that, man. Uh, Gary Banjo said, happy fourth weekend. Being of an American grandfather, I have skin in the game. Nice, Gary Banjo nice. sandwich. Didn't know that. I knew you were UK based. Didn't know you had some American blood in you. America. <laughs> uh, Alice McCarthy tagged also to say Canadian Bear Odin and Canadian Bear stream when. Oh, sorry. Canadian Odin and Canadian Bear when. Hey, uh, Jay's always welcome on the channel. Um, I know that he is a busy man doing all the cons this summer. Um, and there was cons. Uh, Khan Cam's comment about the second most, second highest Chinese population in Canada itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bruce himself saying, "Not step out at one thirty Eastern." Uh, Banachek will be coming on TV, and yes! I cannot miss it. Tina might oh. know of Banachek. Mm-hmm. I do not accept. Mm-hmm. I do know of Banachek. Who is Banachek? That was a TV show that came out in the 70s around the time we had McLeod and Columbo and McMillan and wife. Banachek uh, was a Polish-American. Hmm. And, oh, okay, we're getting ready to drift off into... Uh, <laughs> I had a <laughs> Polish-American uh, eighth-grade homeroom teacher. Oh, 
that all of us had a massive crush on. He was gorgeous. <laughs> He's probably pot-bellied and bald now. They had this beautiful blonde hair. We just loved him. So. <laughs> eighth grade. That's about the only thing I remember about the eighth grade. That's wow. But anyway, yeah, Banachek. Banachek was a detective. Isn't that right, Bruce? He was a, pri- a PI. He was a PI. And uh, yeah, he, people would hire him to do things. But Bruce, did he tell Polish jokes? Bruce will have to remind me if he did. I keep thinking he used to tell Polish jokes. So I will, not, like fun. I will not tell any here. They were all, they were, all the, they were like dad jokes. It's pretty stupid. So. Oh, I love dad jokes. <laughs> I'm one of the few. When, whenever Dan Vask is in the chat on Friday Night Tights, I always appreciate his, his dad jokes. They're always fun. Yeah, it's definitely uh, those good ones, too. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Reuben Christopher Haynes. What's on, Reuben? What's going on, Reuben? Glad to have you here. Hope you're doing well. Good, sir. Uh, Gavin Kennedy said, I'm a I'm Canadian. The old flag was nicer, in my opinion. It's called the Red Ensign. Interesting. Huh. Uh, over on Odyssey, Super Grand Ad said, I remember Banachek. There you go. Nice. Got some support over on the Odyssey. Your average patriot nerd, hail to you. That word patriot, of course, reminds me of 4th of July weekend. Again, happy, mm-hmm. blessed 4th of July weekend to everybody. Hope you got all your steaks and burgers and hot dogs ready to grill up and be grilling up some burgers and sausage tonight. Maybe some hot dogs. Uh, we have people coming over. So someone who was very integral uh, for baby Thor um, while he was uh, while he was developing. Because he, my, my wife had a certain amount of time of, you know, just like any working working mother had a certain amount of time of, of, of time off, right. For maternity leave, but then had to come back and wasn't able to do both full-time work. And so had, we had to hire a, a nanny basically to kind of, you know, help throughout the day at certain times. And, uh, she was awesome. So she's actually coming by to visit, um, this weekend. Cool. So yeah. And she visited last year, I want to say, um, but it's been a while. Mm-hmm. He's, and baby Thor, he is just growing up so fast every day. I mean, the fact that he's got just like full teeth, he's got his uh, <gasps> canines, he's got his canines coming through now. It's insane. So he's got his canines coming in. He's he, all the other teeth are already there or very close to coming, oh and God. he's now at the point where he can repeat words. And one of my <sighs> favorite things to do is to go through who is going to be at school. So I'll say, you know, hey, you know, who's going to be at school today? And he'll come up with the same names over and over. But then sometimes you'll mention some and he'll repeat it. And it's the most adorable thing. <laughs> I love it. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Gary Van just – yeah, go ahead, Tina. No, I was just going to say it's been so long since I've been around a small kid. I guess mm-hmm. since my niece and nephew were little. So I forget those kind of little things. Oh, yeah. And that's why for me, it's just, it's like, you know, I've had, I've had my nephews and nieces, but you're, it's always, you know, a few months go by and then you see them again. And so of course they've just grown up and just watching him like every single day, it's just amazing to see how Mm -hmm. little of the change I've noticed until you look back at the old photos and then you say, oh, wow, he actually did have a lot less hair than he does now, (laughs) even though he doesn't have that many, uh, doesn't have that much, but it's, it's been great. 
Uh, let's see. Gary Banjo says, uh, postage to UK would be astronomical for a rosy- rosary, but I think they are fantastic and made with love. No, Gary, again, for me, the postage, like some people might think certain postages is, is but like even I've shipped Blu-rays and steelbooks to, I want to say the furthest or the, the, the most obscure place I've sent one to was, I want to say I sent it to the Philippines. I think I sent it to the Philippines once. And really the the only the worst part of that, the only thing that drives me crazy about shipping is not the cost, it's how in the world I figure out what is what. So like the people from the UK, I love you. And then you'll send me your address, but for me as an American, I look to it and I say, "What does this mean?" Cuz you know, you have to know what the county is and what the province is and it's okay. just like for me, I'm just so used to you know, state zip like city state zip. And so I always sometimes have to go back and say, Hey, what is this in relationship to you? Would you say that this is a province? And then there's sometimes confusion where they say, no, that's just the address. Like, and they're just like, I don't see what the problem is. And it's like, yeah, but for a silly American here, I, uh, <laughs> I get confused. <laughs> but other than that, it's actually not bad. The shipping is, is not nearly as bad as you would think. Um, at least from my own personal experience. Yeah. I sent two. I have, two friends in the UK I send them we exchange Christmas cards every year and what I've started doing is when I order my cards through Shutterfly I just have Shutterfly send them their cards and then Mm. I don't have to worry about the postage yeah it's a good shout yep Uh, Hunky Chunky Funky Monkey, what's up, Hunky? Says, any copies of Aquaman, you can sink them to the bottom of the Mariana Trench. Uh, the same place Amber Turd's career is going. <laughs> oh, sick burn. <laughs> that is a sick burn. There is Laura. Hail to you, Laura. Sorry that you're dealing with the, the chatty Kathy in the <laughs> letting the lawnmower just run nonstop. Uh, Rob D in the chat. Hail to you. Uh, there's Stephanie B. What's going on, Steph? Thank you for being here, for joining. Um, let's see. Anybody else? Let's see. Rob D. had tagged to ask. Theaters are probably marking their calendars waiting to get rid of Lightyear. Seriously. It's it's pretty abysmal. I mean, a brand new film, a Disney Pixar film that is making nothing, even after just a few weeks, not a good thing. And I, I, I know I'm incredibly happy. Um to see that happen it. oh yeah I love it. you know it's just like you know you get what you deserve you know quoting quoting the joker mm-hmm. you know you yep. get what you deserve yep and it's amazing too because everything about them is becoming even more exasperated because that all happened before all this new baymax nonsense came out yes and i know like some have watched the clips that are on uh, twitter i posted some but like like everyone's focusing on like the trans flag and then on the, you know, all gender bathroom. And I was like, okay, those are already kind of like, okay, really Disney? Are you really going to do that? For me, I was still caught up with the fact that they had a 12 minute, cause each episode is about 12 minutes, an entire episode dedicated to a, a middle school girl going through, you know, her female development. It's just like, I don't want you Disney or Baymax random character from big hero six. Again, I like big hero six, but why Why do you think it's your place to walk kids through this when it should be the parents and the family that help walk their kids through? You know, yeah. if, you, if, if you want to make mm-hmm. educational content, 
there is a place for that. There absolutely is a place for that. But if you're just making a generic show for co- general consumption, you're going way too far. With That's I, just my own thing. I thought it was a movie. It's a TV. It's little TV spots then. I was thinking it was going to be like a sequel to Big Hero 6, which I didn't see anyway. No, it's just a, it's a mini TV series. It's maybe like six to eight episodes. Each one's about 12 minutes long. And it's meant to be Baymax helping the community in whatever way possible. And so there's all these different themes uh, where Baymax is trying to be helpful. And yeah, I just, I just couldn't believe like when I started seeing the story and I'm like, look, I'm all for being a lot more straightforward. And you know, in my, in my high school class, for instance, when I bring up certain terms or phrases that women tend to know a lot more about than men do, I mean, again, it's just part of part of the fact that there's a biological difference between men and women. Right. Um, it's always interesting because a lot of times I can tell that the guys are usually a little bit more like, ooh, I'm not really comfortable talking about this. But mm-hmm. even the girls are too. Like, even the girls are like, ah, I, I kind of am, you know, not comfortable with you know, my, my male teacher bringing these concepts up. And usually if I ever see that, I always say, look, y'all are in high school at this point. Y'all are juniors in high school. Y'all have gone through this, not only in your personal life, but also in biology class. So let's just, you know, understand that this is a part of, of life, but also I don't go out of my way to bring it up every time or to bring it up every day. You know, I, I, we talk about it within a certain context, right? And so we always try and take it from that appropriate angle Whereas this show here, it's geared towards young kids, you know, not just middle school kids going through it, but it's clearly geared towards kids younger than that. And what is going to what's an eight year old going to do with that? (sighs) You know, what happens when you're eight year old? Like what happens when they if they try to use this in school, as I know that there's some public schools, especially that would say, oh, let's use this to teach about this lesson today. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. What happens when your kid comes home and says, what's a tampon? I don't even want to know that. I know. <laughs> but seriously, like, it's just like, they mention every single word associated with, the again, the, the physical development of women. They mention those things, and I'm just like, I'm like, what in the world are you doing? Yes. Yeah, and that's why I see the people freaking out about the whole, you know, trans flag and, and all genders bathroom. It's like, okay, look, I'm, I think that's ridiculous, too, because you're clearly pushing ideology. I mean, the only but part the whole that other I, show... <laughs> I, the only part that I saw, and I will thank Culture Casino and Midnight's Edge, because they showed that mm-hmm. where the that whatever blob thing, and they were in that section and then some guy is handing over a, mm-hmm. and it's like wait a minute are you there shopping for your sister your because my brother would never shop for those kind of things for us mm-hmm. we didn't even ask him he would be yeah. like I don't do that you. but i was like okay this is gross yeah and the only thing they kind of got into is are they going to try to lure lassiter back to pixar to mm. try to save it but Lassiter is with Skydance. Okay. And Skydance, guess who owns Skydance? Who owns Skydance? Is that CBS or? Tommy Cruise. What? Skydance released, well, Skydance produced Top Gun Maverick. I didn't know he owned it though. Wow. It. Yes, I didn't know that either. I had okay. heard the studio name, but they were like, yeah. He owns it. So Lassiter is working for the 
animated side of Skydance. Is that the blue sky? No, that's another one. Okay. I think that's another one because okay. there's several of them. It's like, who was it that said, yeah, the minions were coming out and it was the Illuminati? And they were yeah. like, that's Illuminati! <laughs> <laughs> It's illumination, but it might as well be the, the Illuminati. <laughs> but that was how I found out. They said, yes, yeah, Skydance has these different departments. And the animated, that's where Lassiter went. And he took a lot of his Pixar people with him. So I was like, yeah, but this, would Disney even have money if yeah. Tom Cruise decided, yeah, we'll, get, we'll sell it to you for a billion dollars? Disney ain't got a billion. No. <laughs> no, and and I have I pulled up the Skydance just so that we could actually see. So, um, it was formerly Skydance Productions, two thousand six, two thousand sixteen. Um, founded sixteen years ago, founded by David Ellison. Uh, let's see. According to, the, I'm trying to see. I don't see Tom Cruise listed. I'm wondering if that's because it's it it got bought up and so now it's something different. Let's see. American Production Company founded co-finance with Paramount. That's Mission Impossible. Jack wasn't he in Jack Reacher? Yes. So they're clearly connected with him. Uh, co-financing deal. Let's do a Control F find for Tom Cruise. Doesn't even show. Yeah, I up. heard. I heard that from Midnight's Edge, so I'm just repeating what they were saying. Interesting. Yeah, because his name doesn't even show up. And again, this is a Wikipedia article, so obviously it's, you know, take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. But, um, okay, interesting. Because okay, that was what it was prior to. I'm wondering if they just have a very close relationship with with Tom Cruise or if I'm guessing Tom Cruise must have a – let's see here. Let's actually go to – let's go to Tom Cruise's – because he's a definitely he's a producer. Yeah, there it is. Thomas Cruise, Mapothor, uh, Map Mapother, Mapother. That's right. Yeah. The fourth. Was, yeah. Sorry, the fourth. That's amazing that he was the he's the fourth oh Thomas Cruise. There was so Mayfather. many. Of those, it was so many of those Mapothers all over town. It's like God, y'all breed like rabbits. Because I went to school with a cousin yeah. of his. It's like, oh my gosh. What were we going to say, K-Man? I was going to say, I can't believe that there was three more before him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, also, crazy that he... Oh, my goodness. Tomorrow is his birthday. He's going to be yeah. 60 tomorrow. Damn. Wow. I mean, I'll give him credit. He's in yeah. good shape for his age, considering a lot of you know these former action stars or partial action stars just look worn out. Mm-hmm. So I'll give him credit for that. Yeah. Okay. That's about it, Tom. That's I know, right? <laughs> All right. So according to this article about him, he is with Paramount or at least he's in a working says in 2006, they announced, sorry, it was announcing it's ending its 14 year relationship with Cruz. Um, ah. the economic damage to Cruz's value as an actor and producer, uh, from his controversial public behavior and views. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I forgot which. Remember how they had a series of 
you, you had the scary movies, but then you also had like from the same mindset. You also then had uh, it was what was it the three hundred on a plane or whatever that film was called, um, where it was like the spoof. And there was one of those where they had a sequence in there where they did a spoof of Tom Cruise freaking out on the couch, and he grabs this woman who's playing Oprah's hands and then like breaks her wrist. <laughs> <laughs> That's what pops into my head because it's like that was a perfect spoof of just how crazy he is. <laughs> yeah, broke Disney said check their direct website; it would have mm. more information. So. Oh, okay, yeah, because then it mentions about he had management with United Artists. Oh my gosh, haven't they? So that's interesting. They went under. That is very very interesting. So, yeah, let me see. You said the website would probably have more information. Skydance. Skydance Media. Leadership. Mm-mm-mm. Let's see if Tom Cruise is listed anywhere. Do, do, do. Nope. So, I think he's, I guess then he's an independent because Wikipedia page didn't mention anything about him having a production company. So it sounds like, which makes sense. Tom Cruise is his own brand, so yes. it's, it's he's yes. his own produce, uh, yeah, his own production company. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if if they probably have a working relationship. That's um, quite positive. Yeah, when I heard them mention it, and I was like, "What?" Yeah. And they brought it up a couple of times. So yeah, maybe he's on the board. That would actually make a lot more sense. Yeah, yeah. He's not an actual be. executive, but he's on the board. Okay. So he's got some. That would actually make a lot more sense. Yeah. Yeah. All right, he then. So uh, we'll continue to go through comments as they come in. But as you all know, uh, the Chosen Street, that was actually a lot of fun. That was actually a fun tangent as we went through. Yeah, that was. (laughs) But we do like to give the time and attention to the Chosen uh, who are joining us. And uh, speaking of Chosen, it looks like someone's uh, gardener has finally... Uh, stopped uh, being a Kathy Chatty. So we now can finally get, thanks, Lawn Mower, for finally getting to the point. <laughs> Laura, how's it going? <laughs> pretty good. Well, actually, it works out because, you know, it's it's pretty early here. So I don't want to be all chatty chatty here in the back bedroom with uh, people trying to sleep. So oh, it's like okay. 930. That's a respectable time to start making some noise. But. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, definitely not the 6 a.m. your time when I do my morning streams during the week. <laughs> yeah, that worked out perfect. I like, you know, because I always wake up early for work and stuff. And I was like, oh, look, Odin is on. This is very convenient. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been really cool to see uh, people from out of these out of the states where it's more afternoon time for them. And so it works it works for them in that way. But then also anyone stateside, usually it's I'm getting ready for work or I'm at work. And so, hey, nice that you have something to listen to and you know just to be able to you know have a little time to chill so laura yeah. how, you, how you been doing good good i wish i had more time you know in the mornings but it's like oh, i gotta get in the shower <laughs> i know yeah oh well, hey that's... k-man how you doing I'm get good. connected that's good <laughs> yes <laughs> he actually has had consistent connection for for a while at this point mm. on behalf yeah. of at and i apologize for the status of the internet in the boondocks <laughs> But, yeah, I, I actually looked it up, and I think like the only service for my area was like eighteen megabytes per second or something like that. Ooh, Ooh. oh, that's not that's, like, that's that's, that's the only reason why speed. I haven't. 
that's the and that's, reason why that's I the download speed, it. right? Yeah. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> I couldn't survive on that. I just I just couldn't do it. Uh <laughs> I need I need more. I need more I need more bandwidth. I need more speed. Oh my goodness. Well, we're just starting to go through and go down uh to go down the line and see uh what people have been watching, what people have been doing that they want to talk about. So, we'll go ahead and I know that um I know that Tina has a limited some limited time. K-Man, I think you said you had some... Was it limited time or was it just because of the technical issues? Yeah, a little bit of both, but uh, okay. I, I pretty much probably could stay the whole time if need be. Cool. It's just more or less they changed my schedule at work, so I'm okay. going in tonight instead of being off like I was supposed to be. Cool. All right. Well, then we'll probably do you uh second unless, Laura, how, how's your time today? Oh, I'm, I'm good. Just around lunchtime, cool. I got to figure out what we're doing cool. for that. So Awesome. Yeah. Well, then with that, we'll go ahead and start with Tina. So, Tina, what you've been oh. watching? I've been following you on, you know, if, if you have not started following her on, on her Letterboxd, please be sure to do so. Um, it's always fun to see what she's been watching. And she always gives really good, really in-depth reviews for all the films that she has watched. And so if you're looking <laughs> if you're looking for uh, for reviews that are not uh, rambling like mine, for instance, you know, just, you know... <laughs> Where I'm just kind of speaking randomly about random things. You know, that's, just, that's just what I do. Uh, and if you're really looking for really well, well marked, well thought through reviews and ones that are typed, because obviously there are some that like video or audio reviews, but then there's others that like typed. Tina's Letterbox is a really good source for that. So, uh, what you been watching? I haven't been watching. Well, okay. I only saw four movies because for some reason I've decided to start binge watching both the UK and the US versions of Kitchen Nightmares oh. and Bar Rescue. Ooh, so good. <sighs> those, are, I, those are interesting. <laughs> yeah, well, the UK versions of Kitchen Nightmares are a whole lot calmer than what you see in the US version because the US version has all those crazy quick cuts and the very overdramatic and of course that... <laughs> This sounds like a cat being run over by a <laughs> <laughs> And Gordon is a whole lot more hysterical in the U.S. version. In the U.K. version, he still swears, but it's a whole lot calmer. And I found from reading the comments that if he's swearing at you and he's angry, that means he's really concerned because he is trying to help your business. Whereas uh, if he just, like when he was at Amy's Baking Company, I don't know if anyone's seen that episode, the <clears throat> the Amber Heard of restaurants and her <laughs> husband who said that he was a gangster and it turns out he has been kicked out of two or three countries. Oh, and wow. I think he's in Israel now, but rumor is, yeah, he did belong to the mob at some point. But when Gordon saw how insane both of them were, you just see this exasperation on his face and just this, I give up, I'm gone. And he did walk. <laughs> and it's like when he does that, you know, he's totally given up. Okay, so I've been watching that, and then I've been watching John Taffer on uh, Bar Rescue. John, see, Gordon Ramsay, I would marry. 
John Taffer, I would hire as my capo. He would be. <laughs> he would be the one where I say, John, go over to that bar and take care of them. And John would do it for me. So, so yeah. So, <laughs> so that's maybe what I, I've been doing a lot of binge watching on that. The episode I watched yesterday on Kitchen Nightmares, well, I watched a couple of, but the one was why would you open an Irish restaurant when you're Irish and you're trying to cook Italian? It's it's Italian-fused uh, Irish-infused Irish Italian. Irish-infused Italian. Yeah, it's like those random restaurants, right, where it's like the fusion restaurants, so it's an Irish, uh, was it Irish-German or Irish, no, Irish-Italian oh, fusion restaurants. I know. What was that one that we ate at in Knoxville that one of the students found for us to go to? And it wasn't bad. Oh, we called it Greek Anese because it was part Greek and <laughs> part Chinese. No, part Japanese. That's right. So we called it Greek Anese. Greek Anese. <laughs> but, and it wasn't bad. But yeah, it took. Well, did they have like a feta roll or something? <laughs> <laughs> A hero role. <laughs> oh my goodness! It was like it was like half the restaurant was Japanese, and the other half, well, the, on the menu, half was Japanese and half was Greek, and it was like this is the weirdest, whatever. Like not the same ingredients, not the same spices. Mm-mm. No, it was like when you looked at the menu, you, you had gr- your Greek food, and then when you looked at the other menu, you had Japanese, and I'm like, who? thought this was a good idea this i think very, yeah if you're gonna do anything like that i think it'd be interesting to have like hibachi crossover because i think you could do a lot with like a hibachi style yeah, with other yeah. kinds of food but it would be also hilarious because i could just imagine they're making some type of like chicken dish right they're making maybe chicken yes. parm chicken parm on the flame and you know how like <laughs> what they'll do is they'll they'll do all their tricks and normally they'll like throw stuff so that you can catch it in your mouth you can just see them like cooking up a chicken parm and then they like cut it up into like little tiny pieces and then all of a sudden they're throwing pieces of chicken parm at you that's the kind of fusion i want to see because i would love to be like yes feed me the chicken parm please i would love that that's like a million dollar idea right there I know, that, right? That is. but uh but anyway it, it was like that was the one thing Gordon asked. You're Irish, but and your and your restaurant is called Oscar for Oscar Wilde, who was Irish. Mm. Why are you fixing Italian food and it's taking you two hours to even get an entree to the table? And the guy's like, oh, oh, oh no, but we can't. Yeah, we're Irish, but we can't fix Irish stew or anything. It's just like, oh my gosh. Are you sure they weren't Italian? Because that sounded like Rocky Balboa for a second. Oh, I don't know. (laughs) I know. What do you mean? What do you mean? I can do it. But (laughs) my God. And at one point, Gordon was so frustrated with them. He was like, he was at the table because he's doing, you know, the taste testing. And when his cabanera finally showed up, it was 90 minutes later after he placed the order and it tasted of balsamic vinegar. So he went to the kitchen and started cooking and the chef was like, F it, I'm out of here. F it. And he just storms out. And I was Sounds very Italian still. Sounds <laughs> yeah, very Italian. More Italian than Irish. Yeah. So That's how wooden is done. I don't know. That's all. <laughs> 
the one line from Rocky Balboa that I could remember. <laughs> but anyway, so I've been binge watching a lot of that. So um, I watch four movies. Yeah. I'll do my bottom movies first. Laura's going to hate me, but oh my God. Why? The Batman. Oh, oh no, yeah. I heard your review of that on your <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I love the beginning of your review here. Three nights later, I'm an one hour, 47 minutes in, and I'm done. <laughs> I don't even care what happened. It was like this movie, number one, when they did the pitch meeting skit and they said, we think Gotham's only run on one light bulb. I'm like, yes. <laughs> that guy has they good are. takes, man. He, oh, he has such great takes. They, so they, I mean... What is your freaking problem, Matt Reeves, that you – I watched it because Stephanie said for some reason her family decided to look at it mm. because her dad was in town for Father's Day. She said, I don't know why they're looking at this, but she did sit down and she watched some of it until she fell asleep. And she said, Tina, it's like watching a bad two-hour MTV music video. Oof. So I'm like – I'm going to check this out because I need to see what makes a bad two-hour music video. And I'm like, why can't I? Why are there not any lights in this stupid movie? <laughs> it's a darker take of the darker take. It's, oh my God. it's Gotham. It's, it's supposed to be dark no, no, and menacing. No, 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 no. Tim Burton had yeah. dark, but he also had lights Very so true. you could see. Yes. And Steph said at one point she swears she saw the camera crew in the dark and i said well it was so dark they probably were there (laughs) because nobody's supposed to see them anyway nobody will see us because it's dark over here (laughs) (laughs) oh my god it's like the benioff and weiss mentality of hey it's so dark it doesn't matter how bad the effects are (laughs) no one's gonna see it Thank you. You need a better TV. You need a four, you need a better screen when you see it at the movies. That's right. That's right. Oh my gosh! It was, was it like Game of Thrones dark? <laughs> yes. It it was like okay. I I said in my review I like three things about it. I've heard things about Jeffrey Wright as far mm-hmm. as his politics. I didn't know him as an actor. I didn't mind him as Gordon because mm-hmm. for me, he wasn't doing anything where I'm going, okay, uh, yeah, whatever. Okay. Yeah. Andy Circus was very underutilized. I liked the scenes he was in, but it was like there needs to be more of him. And I hate Colin Farrell, but I'm like, I'm, he's the best thing in this whole freaking movie. Oh, absolutely. I, I I mean, I, I liked the makeup they did. I liked his performance. And when he called out Backpack and was like, oh, some world's great de- greatest detective, I rolled. I was like, you tell him, Penguin. <laughs> because when he got that stupid, and I, I'm sorry, I might drop. I might drop spoilers, so I'm sorry. It's been out but... long enough where no one's protect- <laughs> no one is protected from spoilers for this movie. Okay. So. All right. When the Batman figures out this clue, and I'm, he's looking at this riddle, and he says, Penguin. And I'm like, wait, what? No! Bat! 
Why don't you? It's bad. So that must be the riddle that people said it made them angry mm -hmm. that the audience softened, and but world's greatest detective didn't. Mm -hmm. And when when Colin Farrell's Penguin mocked him with some world's greatest detective you are, I was rolling because I was like, yeah, you're absolutely right. <laughs> you, you are. <laughs> so, and... She's nope. giving names to the characters now. Yeah, it's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, not just the actors. <laughs> the Batman. No chemistry between those two. I see you've got them on the screen. Yep. None. Zero, yeah. nada. When I was like, yeah, I remember when Michael Keaton and Michelle Pfeiffer were in Batman Returns. And when they were fighting, you felt the chemistry between, you felt the, the sparks. These two, it's like, bleh, bleh. I'm like, oh my gosh. You two, even when, when, when he's, when you're fighting in the dark, maybe there were sparks, but they were fighting in the dark anyway. I couldn't tell anything. The dark consumed the sparks. That's it's how dark it was. The spark. <laughs> so, I mean, where I left off was when they had Penguin tied up and they were uh, Batpack and, 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 and Gordon were going to some abandoned orphanage and I said, I'm done. I don't even care. I, just screw this movie. Uh, Patterson, Pattinson, I still don't know if he can act. I mean, all he did was clump, 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 clump. Yeah, you're screwing up a crime scene, Mr. Batman. <laughs> he does have some heavy shoes. That was the I perspective I, I was waiting for was, was Tina's own perspective on this as, as having worked crime scenes and it's just like she's probably looking at this like nope you wouldn't do that nope yeah. they wouldn't let you do that and mm -mm. Oh, mm. i was so glad when the one cop said you shouldn't be here i'm like thank you thank finally you. finally thank you, thank you for saying that but the movie but, needed to happen tina <laughs> yes i mean he was plot driven at this point so but i'm like okay the movie wouldn't have been three hours if this idiot director hadn't shot so much of it in slow-mo. Do I really mm. need slow-mo of him removing his contact lenses? No. Yes, we all need it. It's it's oh my it's what God. the people want, Tina. It's what it's I, what they all I, I, I I'm just like Matt Reeves is getting up there in Zack Snyder territory with the slow-mo. Mm. Stop it. Stop it, boy. You know. So <laughs> oh, okay, all right. Mr. Pattinson, like I said, I still don't know if he can act. When he snapped at, at, at Alfred, Alfred was trying to tell him something. And he goes, you're not my dad! I'm like, oh, whoa, emo boy. And that grease in his hair. Oh, my gosh. Steph, he had so much grease and oil in his hair. It was just like you could have just squeezed it. It would have it would give oil to America for ten years. That's how much <laughs> oil was in his hair. I'm the, like, what the price of it? gas would be dropping by four dollars. Yes. yes. <laughs> I'm like, what is this goop in his freaking hair? What is this? He's a Dapper Dan man. <laughs> oh my god. I mean, just oh my gosh. But anyway, just too slow. Too, too, just idiotic. If I want a serial killer movie, I'll go watch Silence of the Lambs, mm. or I'll go watch. Probably not, but I would go watch Seven again. Mm. Uh, but 
No. And and Mr. What's his name? I'm like, Mr. Dana, what you Dana, what you need to do, go back to Daniel Plainfield's mansion and let yourself get hit in the head over and over again with a bowling pin and say, I'm very grateful that an two or three time Oscar winner is doing this to me. Because I'm like, I don't know what you were not the Riddler. I don't know what you were, but you were not the Riddler. That's not, I will say, because I am obviously, I'm very biased towards Paul Dano. Everyone knows. <laughs> yeah, this I, I know. <laughs> but I, I do know. think, I do think a lot more blame is on the writers and the director because Dano's just doing what he's like he's, being told he, to do. He, he's doing, yeah. Yeah. He's doing what, but no, Matt Reeves, yeah. I, I think he did the Planet of the Apes trilogy. I heard, never saw any of them. Oh, he did, he did like Rise and, and war? I, 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 no, oh. my my plan of the apes ends with when Charlton Heston is on the beach and saying, "You you blew it all to hell," and that's it for me. <laughs> I, I I mean, I watched all the sequels that came after that, and I was like, "Nope, don't no." But anyway, you don't have a place I, in your heart for. Hey, how's it going, monkey? <laughs> my name's Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> How's it going? Oh, oh my God. I'm so glad I didn't see that. Like I haven't movies. either. I've just seen clips and that's all I can have in my head is that SNL stereotype of Mark Wahlberg. Oh, oh hey. Goodness. Hey, little gorilla. How's say, it going? Let's just say y'all didn't miss much out of that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I, yeah. Uh, the Batman. I'm like, the, please don't again. Oh, and I was also finding, because I was asking somebody. This is one point I really have to make because this really bothered me. I was like, why was there a back door to the holding cell? Mm. Because all the holding cells I've ever seen when, you know, we would either be over at the jail working a scene or I'd be up in the interview rooms. Well, you only have one door, but they conveniently (laughs) have a back door so the Batman can go through it. It's a fire code. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, have to have two exits from all two, two, cells. Two, two exits <laughs> then I was annoyed because I was like they're firing shots with civilians around a civilian could get hit that's a big no no yes I know the Gotham PD was corrupt but still and what was the other thing oh yeah um uh, because they told her that on pitch meeting when they said, wait a minute, he just stood there and the bomb went off. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> that. And I'm going to need you to get off my back about that right now. <laughs> <laughs> I love when he does that line. It's just always. <laughs> and the scene that, okay, I don't even remember how Batman and Commissioner Gordon got to the place where Penguin was doing the drug drop or whatever, and then the muscle car fires up, and I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. But I couldn't remember how Batman got there. Did he drive the muscle car there? Or I was thinking he was on his motorcycle. So if he was on his motorcycle, how did the muscle car get there? He's the richest man in the world, and um, I'm sure that he had some type of remote control technology. And oh, um, in the words of pitch meeting, <laughs> I'm going to need you to get off my back about that right now. <laughs> okay, so now he and Penguin go on this high-speed chase. It, it was really bothering me seeing all these cars flying in the air mm. and fireballs. And I'm like, 
how many people did you all just kill? It reminded me of Black Widow mm. where the avalanche dumps all the snow on that prison. And I mean, some of those people could have been political, innocent political prisoners. You had mm -hmm. medical people, you had guards. And she doesn't think about that anymore. Oh, no, it's the 12-year-old girl who grew up and was in a, a man, actually a man in the suit or whatever. But I was like, don't you think Batman would be kind of upset that he's probably maimed and killed all these people with all these fireballs going off? And you're like, oh, my gosh. And that was all I could think of. Mm -hmm. In the words of Drinker, nah, I'd be fine. Nah, I'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they all, it's just a Super flip. easy. Barely an inconvenience. Barely an inconvenience. <laughs> I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure they're all just, I'm sure they're all fine. But that bothered me. So anyway, yeah. um, no, I think from this series to get another Batman movie, and I heard they greenlit it. Mm -hmm. uh, Zaslav's definitely right. It has to be shorter, so no more of the slow-mo. And brighten the damn thing up so mm -hmm. people can see stuff. When they hide stuff in the dark that <laughs> much, that means uh, we couldn't build the rest of the set, so we're hiding this. Yeah. So anyway, so yeah. yeah, two stars for the Batman. Uh, thanks. Before, to, yeah, before yeah. we move on to the next one, I just wanted to get this in because the chat might jump on me um, in the next few minutes. So uh, there was a ten dollars super chat from Elemental uh, Elemental P. I like that a lot. Elemental P. Uh, thank you for the ten dollars super chat saying love to see fellow Christians on FNT. Always glad to listen to you at work. Hey, Elemental P. Thank you very much for that support. Really do appreciate that, and thanks for watching here and also for watching FNT as well. So anyway, Tina, back to you. Okay. Well, my other two-star movie, <laughs> I ran across this by accident because it's volume one is currently free on YouTube, mm -hmm. but you have to buy or rent volume two. And I'm like, nope, not worth it. I saw Best Friends, Best Fiends, Tommy Wiseau, and um, Greg, Sestero. Greg Sestero's movie. And it was their first movie since The Room. I know they did the shark movie that you know, I don't has know. It, has it been released yet? It I is, have not heard it's in, anything. It's, no, it's in limbo. <laughs> it's in limbo. So I, was, I kept thinking Tommy could not have directed this because there actually seemed to be some skill to the filmmaking. Mm -hmm. And it turns out they had another director. Um. I kind of know where they were going with it, but it just wasn't very good. Mm -hmm. And Tommy plays, uh, I didn't know if he was a mortician or because I kept thinking well, if he's a pathologist, he should be working in a state run facility. So mm -hmm. I wasn't sure. And but it turns out he was a mortician. Yep. And Greg is playing this. When we first see him, he's this homeless guy and. His T-shirt's covered in blood, and he's got bruising, and we don't know, well, how did he get this? And so he's kind of stumbling down the streets of, uh, yeah, I think they were in San Francisco, because that's obviously Mousseau's favorite town. And um, he fits in there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so you see, you know, this hearse. And so he ends up at this business, and he sees Tommy trying to take a casket out of the back of the the hearse and he's like if you want help 
you know, help me here. And so Greg goes over to help him. And so Tommy hires him, gets him cleaned up and everything, gives him some clothes that don't have blood on them. And Greg, which this, uh, this is what I thought was weird. It was like, why aren't the bodies going to a funeral home? It's like he's doing autopsies, but what happens to the body afterward? <laughs> you don't see him turn them over to anyone. Yeah. So he's like, <laughs> in, he's like an independent contractor. <laughs> <laughs> so Greg finds all these bags of gold uh like gold teeth and everything that tommy has removed from the mouths of the people that you know he's performed the work on yeah his hair looked <laughs> he's got as much grease as <laughs> everybody's triggered over their hair that's that's just his style man oh my gosh no one tells tommy we know what to do you don't tell tommy what to do well greg <laughs> finds all these gold teeth and then greg goes to sells them on the black market because there's so many bags he knows tommy's not going to miss them and uh then i guess Greg starts feeling bad about it. And so he like writes this note and says, I'm sorry I did it, but I, you know, I found this stuff. And he also found a bunch of newspaper clippings about Tommy's character that he may have been involved in some necrophilia. <sighs> okay, we know he makes death masks. I don't know. But anyway, I guess that was to make it deeper. And so he, it ends up Tommy and Greg go in on this deal where they're selling all these, this gold on the black market. And then they put the money away in a safe for, you know, rainy day, I guess. And Greg gets involved with some woman who's like, yeah, you need to, you know, you need to dump him or, you know, whatever. And, um, Tommy buys this very expensive antique car and Greg's like, where'd you get the money? Did you use any of our money? No, no, I wouldn't touch any of your money. <laughs> and it ends on a cliffhanger that's supposed to tie you into wanting to see volume two. But I went on Wikipedia, read what volume two was about and was like, nope, not paying for that. I don't know. Oh, I will say they're both they're both terrible films. And I, I mean, they're they're supposed to be. You know, the first, you know, the room was unintentionally bad, right? He thought he was making a great film, yeah. and that's oh, why yeah. it's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one, it's like they're more intentionally making a bad movie, and those aren't always nearly as funny. I will say, though, Volume yeah. 2 is so off the rails that I I, I don't, uh, in comparison, if Volume 1 is like a 1 on the scale, Volume 2 is like up to like a 6 or a 7. Like, there's like that oh my difference. Gosh. Yeah, it's just uh, <laughs> it's I, a lot I more fun. Just, I went and read Wikipedia and I was like, I'm not renting this. This is yeah. not, no, I, this is not worth it. <laughs> I don't um, blame you. I don't blame you at all. <laughs> I mean, and I gave it two stars because like I said, there were, there were some, some camera work and things that I was like, I, that's why I kept saying Tommy cannot have directed this, mm -hmm. you know, and that was okay. But I mean, Tommy's acting's worse. I mean, I don't know how you go from worse to worse, but he he managed to. 
Uh, I know Greg wrote the script. It's just not very good. I It was nice seeing them together again in a movie, but I would always go back to the room before Stephanie gave me the room for mm. Christmas. But nice. I would always go back to that before I would ever watch this I guess they were trying to be Hitchcockian and I even said they were trying to be Lynchian. And I, I mean, I was thinking of all these better directors and yeah. better filmmakers. And I was like, yeah, but you're not, you're just not there and you're never going to be. You're just Tommy Wiseau is who he is. And Greg Sestero's a cool guy, but it is what it is. So, yeah. but the two better movies I saw, thank God. Uh, <laughs> D-Day, I looked at the longest day all the way through for the first time. I've seen bits and pieces of it. And it's Daryl F. Zanuck's uh, epic that he made about June 6, 1944. And I love that they did it from, what, four points of view, the American, the British, the French, and the German. And they even had the German uh, actors speak in German with subtitles. And I thought that made it feel a little more natural. Uh, same with the French. They were speaking in French and then they had subtitles. Uh, but it's nice seeing how they got everything organized. Uh, they were trying to decide what, you know, what area of France they were going to land in. I think the Germans thought they were going to land in one area, which was kind of the reason why on June 6th, Rommel was visiting his wife because it was her birthday. I don't think he felt they were going to attack Normandy. Um, Red Button's character, I don't know. Me and Bruce were kind of talking about the movie. I don't know if his character was based on anyone in reality, but they sent paratroopers in, but I think they all missed their mark and they ended up in the middle of this French town that of course is overrun with Germans. And as they're perish as they're coming down, the Germans are just picking them off one by one until a lot of them are like landing in trees, they're landing on lampposts and everything. And it's just red buttons is hanging off a church steeple. And they didn't his character didn't get injured, but his character was pretty much deaf from all the bell ringing. Um, oh, geez. That, would be that was awful because when the, Ameri when the Americans <laughs> finally arrived, he's just like, I can't hear you. Oh, no. <laughs> the church bells all night, you know. And um, as I was watching the movie, you know, anytime you hear a character name, I was going, you know, in and checking, was this based on a real person? The person that John Wayne played, John Wayne was actually like 20 or 30 years older than the actual man when they landed at Normandy. Uh, but it, hey, it was John Wayne, you know. Uh, Henry Fonda played uh, Teddy Roosevelt Jr., who used a cane most of the time, uh, had arthritic problems, but wanted to land with the troops on D-Day, and he did. Um, it's one of those movies where whoever was a big star at the time, it's like you're going, oh, there's Henry Fonda, there's John Wayne, there's Robert Mitchum, there's so-and-so, there's so-and-so. It's that kind of movie. But it's still telling a very 
compelling story. Um, Zanuck at one time was the head of 20th Century Fox and he needed more money for the movie and they were like, sorry, the money's all tied up in Cleopatra. And he's like, F this, I'm finishing my war epic. He took 20th Century Fox back over again. So, yeah. <laughs> and to anybody that's saying hi to me, I'm having keyboard issues. So I see Krizella, hi. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, it's a great war movie. Um, it's not as graphic as Saving Private Ryan, but I only usually watch Saving Private Ryan up through the D-Day landing, and then I'm kind of done, and my mom had told me how it ended, and I was like, oh! So, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so anyway, yeah, highly recommended. Uh, might be, it's free on YouTube, so it might be a great movie for you to watch this weekend. So, nice. along, along with 1776, and the last movie I saw was a Fathom event. I went to see Smokey and the Bandit. Had not seen it in years. This is the first time, because I was a kid, like, it came out the same year as Star Wars. Mm. I was a kid when Star Wars came out. So Smokey and the Bandit, I didn't see until it came to TV. And it is so much fun. It's not perfect, but you walk out of the theater with a big smile on your face, and uh, it was just, it's just a fun movie. And I don't know, have you seen Smokey and the Bandit? I have not. It's been on my list of things to watch, though, because anytime, of course, I mention <laughs> that I haven't seen it, everyone immediately goes, What do you mean you what haven't you seen you it? Haven't How seen dare it? you? Exactly. Yeah, it's Burke Reynolds. I mean, he was in his prime when he made it. And he's just that there are times when, like, he looks at the camera. And he just gives that <laughs> smile, and you're like, "Yeah, I'm in. I'm in with you, Bert. This is great." <laughs> but he, there's a father and son that they come up with these weird bets against each other. Like, I'll bet on this driver to make it back to wherever with whatever. So they give Bandit. Uh, a, the challenge is, at that time, Coors was not all over the country. There were only certain states where you could buy Coors. So he has to go to Texarkana, pick up a truckload, as in a like a semi, uh, a bunch of Coors, and then bring it back without getting caught by the police. And so he takes the challenge. Um, he meets Sally Field along the way. She's a run, literally a runaway bride. And uh, hijinks ensue. And of course, the funniest person in the movie, Burt Reynolds is very funny with his just straight man attitude. But Jackie Gleason is just brilliant. Jackie Gleason was one of the greatest comedians of all time. But seeing mm -hmm. him in this with his stupid the <laughs> guy playing his stupid son who is the groom who got left at the altar by Sally Field. Jackie Gleason says some line about, yeah, when she was running back up the aisle and like her little butt was bouncing. 
That's a fun line. That's <laughs> a great line. But his best line in the movie, he's putting out like an all points bulletin on the bandit. And Jerry Reed is driving the semi. And so this uh, officer comes on and he's like, um, we'll be able to handle this on our own. Are you not out of your jurisdiction? Well, we in the audience are seeing that this sheriff or state police officer is black. Okay, well, when there's a bunch of crashes and everything and uh, Jackie Gleason gets out of his police car, the black officer gets out of his and he says, well, I'm sheriff, whatever. And Jackie Gleason says, you sounded a whole lot taller <laughs> on the radio. <laughs> and the audience just cracked. The audience just cracked up. But yeah, it's just a fun movie. You don't go to see Smokey and the Bandit and think you're going to get Shakespeare or anything. It's just yeah. a silly, fun movie. Sally Field and Burt Reynolds really played off each other well. I think this is when they fell in love with each other. And uh, I know there were there were a couple of sequels. I saw Smokey and the Bandit too, and I don't even think I finished it. And I think there was a third, and I'm not even sure Burt Reynolds was in the third one. I think Jackie wasn't. was. He wasn't. Thank you. Whoa. Thank you. So it was Get just Smokey knowledge. Yeah. So, I mean, it was just another one of those, oh, the first one made money. Let's make a sequel. Oh, well, the sequel didn't make that much money, but let's go ahead and make a, another sequel. So, anyway. But uh, fandom events has really been doing well. Laura, I think you said something about um, they were going to show the thing again because they messed up. The aspect ratio, I think. Yeah, they re-released it. They had so many complaints about the showing um, that it didn't look good. Uh, that they added an additional date. Uh, nice. Sometime, I think it's like next Wednesday. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So if you want to go see The Thing. The okay. Thing. Okay. Now, are we seeing The Thing or are we seeing The Thing? Because they both sound like very different movies. <laughs> 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 well, there's... The thing, and there's the thing from another world, Howard Hawks's movie. But then there's also the thing. And then, then the thing. Yeah. <laughs> it reminds me of the thing we found. Uh, we first talked about a lot on Friday Night Tights, but it was the Lord of the Rings. Oh, Lord of the Rings. <laughs> That's all I can rings. think of when I hear the thing. <laughs> the onion rings. So, uh, so that's it. I'm going to see uh, Laura uh, K. Man. Have you, do you all have tickets yet for uh, Rathacon in September? I got mine. Nice. Uh, I didn't even know about that one. I have to uh, check about seeing that one. Definitely. Cause I'm going to cry like a baby in the theater. Oh, my God. <laughs> Me, too. I got to remember, bring tissues. So, yeah, they've got uh, It's a Wonderful Life is coming in December. Uh, to Kill a Mockingbird, I think, is in October. And I think, let's see, the thing. Uh, the thing. The thing. <laughs> the thing. <laughs> uh, Whatever happened to Baby Jane? I think that's already played. Mm. I've seen so, that like several I, times. Yeah, me too. That one, oh my gosh. More of the Betty Davis, Joan Crawford, we really hate each other <laughs> in reality. <laughs> and it plays out on 
<laughs> yeah, uh, they were supposed to be paired up in Hush Hush Sweet Charlotte, and Joan did film some scenes, but they made it so miserable for her. She walked off the set and never came back. Oh, my goodness. So they replaced her with Olivia de Havilland. But there's one shot where you can still tell that it's Joan getting out of the taxi. Uh, and that's it. That's the only little shot of hers that even shows up in Hush Hush Sweet Charlotte. But yeah, they said her and Betty Davis were just like, they were loggerheads with each other. Wow. So, uh, yeah. So that is it. Nice. For me, um, I posted our link in the chat for Soup to Nuts. If you go to my channel, oh, Stephanie's gonna run. Okay, I'll talk to you later. Aww. Uh, I highlighted I highlighted her message when she posted it, saying that she Aww. had to go. So have a have a good one, Steph. So me and her are going to do because uh, I've got something to go to this afternoon, but. One evening, uh, she's really gotten me turned on to Jeremy Irons. I mean, that's an actor I've always watched, but Steph's a huge Jeremy Irons fan. I never knew that. I didn't either until a few months ago. So we're going to uh, watch Dead Ringers. Okay. Where he plays the twin gynecologists. Oh, my goodness. Wow. (laughs) And I've seen it before, but it'll be fun, you know, where we're talking to each other while we're watching it. And uh, but you, he placed them as two individuals, and mm. which typical Jeremy Irons. And I told Steph, I'm very upset with John Favreau that for his fake live action Lion King, he did not oh, get God. Mr. Irons back to play Scar, yeah. who was the best character in the whole freaking movie. And then didn't utilize Chiwetel Ejiofor very well either, because Ejiofor is a great villain, but. I mean, the way that they, I mean, that movie, the live, quote unquote, live action, live action Lion yeah. King, <laughs> that was flawed by that very concept when they were like, let's make them look hyper realistic. So that oh, way, when no. the voices show emotion and the faces don't, you'll be just as lifeless as those characters are. You know, it's just. Uh, uh, what's uh, that YouTuber's name? Uh, your movie sucks. Oh, OK. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's his channel name. That's a great uh, name. He did. <laughs> Part one of tearing apart the quote unquote live action Lion King. <laughs> There's parts. And, yes, right? <laughs> and it's like it took him a year to do part one, and I think part one ran two hours. Oh my goodness. Wow. But so he kind he, of efapped it a little bit. Oh my gosh. I'm like, yeah, this is smaller levels. But EFAP just sounds so dirty. I giggle every time. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Especially when I use it as a word in a sentence, they totally efapped it. I mean that, yeah, yeah, yes, definitely. Yes. That sounds bad. Yes. But no, uh, your movie sucks. It was like he would play these interviews with Favreau, making these comments, and you're like. That doesn't even make any sense, John. But you think you're also in charge of Star Wars. Sure. Yeah. Whatever. You know. But it was just stupid stuff. Like, he, uh, I've only seen Lion, the real Lion King yes. once. But when he, he the, the monkey, 
and he had the monkey had the cane. And Favreau says, yeah, we didn't have him with his cane because monkeys don't use canes. But then later on, he pulls out his cane because he's going to fight with, you know, like a lightsaber. <laughs> okay, John, whatever. Because it's real. It's you know, real. A, real, a real monkey wouldn't use a cane, but they would use a stick cane as a lightsaber. Yes. In a fight. Yes, and I'm like, oh, oh, okay. Oh, Rafiki. <laughs> Whatever. But the, that movie looks really, really bad, and yeah. I it's, think it's so it's, lifeless. It re- yeah, like, I, I'll never see it. The only but, good thing that came out of that movie was there was a side by side that made the rounds on Twitter, and it was a comparison scene between the death of Mufasa from the live action versus the cartoon. And it's just night and day because you yes. see this yes. cartoon face showing so much emotion. You hear yes. the emotion in the kid's voice versus yes. the live action where it's like, okay, yeah, it's a lion. And it's a lion face. And as Favreau himself said, you know, well, you know, they don't really show emotion the same way humans do. Probably <laughs> it's like, yeah. And, and that's why we, we might hear the voice. But when we look at the character and say, it doesn't matter how quote unquote realistic it looks, there's also no emotion. And it's so no how emotion. am I supposed to connect? Yeah. And I mean, seeing part one of his analysis yeah Yeah. so uh yeah your movie sucks go to his channel (laughs) i i didn't really care for his take on the pinocchio trailer but because he kind of threw some race into it and it was like that's Mm. not why people don't like the trailer it the trailer blows tom hanks blows so this is because the actress they have to play her i think i found this found this out from laura was the same actress who's been in uh, films that I know that I've enjoyed, like the um, oh, why am I blanking out? Harriet Tubman. Oh, the El Royale. Yeah, Battle at the oh, El Royale. Yeah, 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 I liked her in that. Yeah, because I haven't seen uh, Harriet yet. I've heard good things about it, but in Battle of the El Royale, she was fantastic. Um, so, and like those are the kinds of things where I can get, you know, be like, uh, what you know, it is what kind of similar to the Gordon one. You kind of mentioned that when you were talking about Batman. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. people were saying, you know, well, you know, Gordon's supposed to be white. And for me, I'm like, yeah, I understand that. But I also look at him and I say, but he's also a good actor. He's a talented actor. And so right, right. as long as he can portray the part that I'm too, I'm usually willing to kind of overlook or to say, uh, you know, it is what it is. So, right. yeah, but, you know, that's and so if she's able to in that movie do that. OK, but yeah, as you mentioned, that's not really even the biggest issue. You know? the, the that's not even the thing, biggest I mean, problem. Jiminy Cricket looks like nightmare fuel. And oh uh, I, you know, I, I didn't even know. I was like, did somebody tell Tom Hanks this is going direct to Disney Plus? Because I'm sure he didn't know that. But yeah, me and Steph have issues with Tom Hanks anyway. So Well, I mean, especially uh, since his last few roles have all had weird accents. And <laughs> see, I do yeah, I, but we are both like no. Me. Finally, I finally heard. I finally saw the, the actual trailer, yeah, yeah. and I'm like, the young man that's playing Elvis. I, he looks like yeah. I, I, I'm kind of like, yeah, give him an Oscar nomination. Tom Hanks, give him a Razzie and tell him go yeah. on back to Greece and retire. Oh, geez. So uh, a dog's barking. Yeah. So I yeah that. Yeah, I'll probably have to wait for Elvis uh, mm-hmm. to come to 
Yeah, and that's why I've been kind of holding off on it too, you know, because I think, you know, I've heard all people, a lot of people say it's actually not that it's not a terrible movie. You know, the, the young lad that plays Elvis is great. But even John Flickinger, who I, I do the podcast on Patreon with, he even mentioned saying he thought the guy did a fantastic job, but he also predicted he thinks Tom Hanks will get nominated for a Razzie for that performance. Yeah. Oh, Miles, so. Miles Teller. Thank you, Raygar. Yeah, Miles Teller, uh, mm-hmm. who uh, Denis, that's his fate, Rafa, for Doom mm-hmm. Part 2, which doesn't start filming until the fall, but will be out November 17th of next year. Yeah. That's going to be some fat, considering they tore down all the sets, that's going to be some oh, fast filming. So, so anyway, I am going to get out of here. Okay. And you all, uh, anyone that's not subbed to Soup to Nuts, please do. That's mine and Stephanie's uh, uh, stream. Yeah. We took off this weekend for 4th of July, but we will be back July 8th. 8 p.m. Eastern Time uh, for another show. We're going to have a guest with us, and we are going to be discussing when he was still considered one of the sexiest men in the world and won one Oscar. Uh, we're going to be discussing the movies of Russell Crowe nice. from his career starting in Australia when he was very young, mm-hmm. all the way up through when we decided, yeah, we're not fans anymore. <laughs> <laughs> We'll just kind of. It wasn't um, Les Mis, was it? <laughs> no, I'll probably talk about uh, Sideways okay. Channel tore Les Mis up, and he said it's not for the reasons you think, but the director mm-hmm. of Les Mis, who also directed Cats, nearly destroyed the vocal cords on all of his actors. Uh... Because he wanted them to do it a certain way, and mm. it would have been awful if Hugh Jackman had lost his voice for the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. But it was because that director was, he shouldn't even be allowed to do another musical. But yeah, Rhaegar's right. Yeah, now he's fat, angry Russell Crowe. I, yeah. But yeah, we're going to talk about his movies because July 8th, Thor, Bloat and Blunder will be out. <laughs> and so if you decide you're not going to go see it or you see it and then you want to tune in, we're going to talk about everything but Bloat and Blunder because none of us are going to see it anyway. Nice. So. <laughs> well, there you so, go. Yeah, Tom, you, Tom yeah, Hopper. Yeah. yeah, and before you head out, Rosie had posted this comment earlier uh, when yeah. you were talking about your last movie and said, I have a colleague whose dad was a paratrooper who landed in a tree, long story, but he made it home. God bless him. Oh, she went back God. with her dad for Normandy's anniversary. So, Rosie, that's, oh my gosh. Yeah, it was just, I'll just say this real quick. When John Wayne's character gets into the town, because he was with another unit, and when they get there and John Wayne's like, cut them down and they were like well sir we were going to but you know they were still shooting us and he says get those men down because to see them hanging off those light posts and trees and stuff it was just it was heartbreaking and to think that happened for real Mm -hmm. so So the guy in the church steeple that was the real story i i keep thinking when i read um because now I feel bad for laughing about it. <laughs> yeah, I think with Steve, I think in Stephen Ambrose's book, which also covers uh, the landings of D Day, I think he mentioned that ha- like happening for real. But it's been so long since I've read the book, I'm 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 not sure. 
So, uh, yeah, that was just, they didn't land in the right area. I mean, they had one guy, he landed at a chateau that the Germans were using as their headquarters. And it was like, yeah, what are the odds that that would happen? So, so anyway, yeah, I saw somebody in the chat say, watch, yeah, the longest day any any patriotic holiday any day yes most definitely of the of all the movies i saw smoking the bandit yeah a lot of fun longest day yeah watch it would you have a number like if you if people were going to watch one film this fourth of july weekend which do you think would be the best to watch Uh, okay um all right let me do it like this if you want to watch a mini series watch john adams okay if you want, if you don't mind musicals, watch 1776, which I think is wonderful. And if you just want to watch a straight patriotic movie, yeah, I would say The Longest Day. Nice. Lucas said not Independence Day. <laughs> <laughs> well, Damn. if you just, if you kind of want to rah, 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 yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> I like how uh, Dan Blackroyd's response was, the only answer is Jaws. <laughs> Jaws. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And then Rob D says the Patriot. I think, uh, yeah, the, those are good shouts too, but. Yeah, yeah. Born on the 4th of July. Rhaegar, I've never seen that. Had nothing to do with Tom Cruise. It was just like. This dude serves over in Vietnam and he comes back and turns into Jane Fonda. I know it's for real, but I, you know, he I knew it was into person. Jane Fonda. <laughs> well, he didn't transition. Mm. So he's, he's in a wheelchair and now he's against the Vietnam War. And every time mm. I think of you're against the Vietnam War, I think of Jane Fonda. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I was so, like, wait a minute. What? <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah, it was, me a, Rosie, it was ahead of its time. <laughs> uh, yeah. Me and Rosie got into a real good talk on, um, the last, uh, soup to nuts about the Fonda family. Okay. They're all a bunch of commies. Boom. Just, just saying I can still watch Henry in a few, but Jane, I can't watch her anymore. Yeah. Just, just saying Patrick is just Braveheart too. That's funny. Okay. Yeah, Rosie agreed. Seventeen. If you like musicals, seventeen seventy six has some real toe tappers in it. So is in the mu- in the movie version, because um, I know I've listened to. I think it was the original Broadway track, maybe that I've listened to. I don't yeah. know if it's the movie as well. Does the actor that plays Mister Feeney is he in the movie? Yes, he plays oh, John man. Adams. Yeah. 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 Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow's mother. <laughs> I can't remember her <laughs> name anymore. Uh, she plays. Uh, uh, Thomas Jefferson's wife, and uh, oh shoot, I can't remember. I can't remember the rest of the cast. And so you oh, wouldn't you wouldn't recommend Hamilton to watch over the Fourth of July? Well, L- Laura might. <laughs> Alexander Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm going to watch a musical about the founding of the country, I'd rather watch Seventeen Seventy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, 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 yeah. Rosie typed in the chat, all the Fondas are a bunch of traitor commies. Boom. Boom. There you Shots go. Shots fired. Yep. <laughs> yeah, Lucas said the Fondas are not fond of it. Yeah, don't get me started on that. <laughs> <laughs> you but said that was on your last episode of Soup to Nuts? I, I think it was on our last episode. Okay. Um, we got, I don't even remember how we got to talking about the Fondas, but... Yeah. Um, if you want yeah, more on I, that, check out Soup to Nuts, uh, their Soup last episode. Nuts. Yeah, you I think uh, we were talking about Henry's. He asked his 
one wife for a divorce because he wanted to marry some other woman and she self-deleted herself. And it, it's really Ooh. messy. And then Jane campaigning to get Henry his Oscar for On Golden Pond because he was dying. And Blythe Danner, thank you, Gomer. Um, yeah, but in, anyway, that's the fondest. But yeah, that was yeah. our last episode. So, cool. uh, but yeah, join us at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Central. I know, 7 p.m. Central. There you go. Uh, time for, zones. Uh, time zones. So, <laughs> so on uh, uh, this coming Friday, and we're going to, yeah. We're going to have some Russell fun talking Cole. about uh, Russell's uh, better movies that I'm sure Bloat and Blunder will be. <laughs> so you all take care. Happy uh, Fourth of July. Absolutely. And uh, oh, Biffer is the one. Biffer's the one that got us started. Of course it was Biffer. Oh, damn you, Biffer. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you all take care. Have a good holiday. Weekend. Have a good holiday, and Tina. Yeah. Thank you. K-Man, take care. You as well. And, and uh, I will see you all, well, Tuesday night. Tuesday night. All see right, then, Tina. then. Okay, then. Bye now. Bye. 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 <laughs> all right. So how y'all doing? How y'all doing? Good. Good. Tina has left the chat. Yeah. Okay, man, you doing all right? Oh, yeah. All right, good. I'm glad, I'm glad the connection has remained stable. Um, watch as soon as we, we go to you. It's going to be like, never mind. <laughs> so I was going to say, as soon as I say one word about a movie. <laughs> yeah, no. don't, don't jinx him. <laughs> well, we got to save your words. We got to save your words. Uh, but uh, Mr. Roy, I just saw you in the chat, dude. So uh, thank you. Uh, for for jumping in the chat sorry that you had work today man uh hopefully you'll be able to join us next weekend because we are doing a second chosen of all hollow stream next saturday 12 to 3 it's the same time and we will be able to hopefully get i think uh, a bunch of the people who were not able to come today have said they can come next week so we should be able to get them on for the official july stream uh and also uh sea wolf i had already mentioned this to you in the chat but if anyone was wondering or asking questions i'm right now not planning on going to any of the other meetup events that are going on uh for the summer because i've already done a lot of traveling it is definitely a lot harder on on the wife on the lady freya because just being alone with baby thor as amazing as baby thor is he is still a toddler and that's just never easy so um if i do go to any others i will let you know but right now the initial plan is that i am not going to any of the other meetups and also, the only meetup that I might go to this year, which is still up in the air but not looking likely, is that actual Geeks and Gamers FNT meetup in October, just because the meetup happens to be on a Sunday, which is one of the worst days, at least for me, for that to happen, because that is a school night. So the, is there a theoretical chance that I could try to drive in Saturday and drive back Sunday? I Maybe, but... That would obviously be quite a bit of uh, <laughs> quite a bit of driving uh, for a weekend during during the school year for me. So I'll, I'll, I'm kind of again in the air, in the middle on that one. So just want anyone to know if they were asking or were wondering uh, if that was indeed the case. Um, and let's see if there were any other. Comments. We need an Odin con. <laughs> yeah, an Odin con. <laughs> I, I can't wait for there to be an actual big event in like the Nashville area. Because it's like, oh, that's an easy drive for me. And 
I don't even, theoretically, I wouldn't even have to get a hotel. I could just drive home <laughs> for the <laughs> evening. That is close. It's only yeah. about two hours, but it's still two hours, but it's still, it's not that bad. I could do that in the evening. Oh. Ooh, Joe's home. Here go the doggies. Oh, oh, the doggies. Oh, oh, oh the puppish. Oh, no, the puppish. Mine are passed out sleeping. What's that like? I don't know. <laughs> they, <laughs> seems like they never sleep. The first says, Trump listens to Cat's theme song, Memories, to calm him down. What? Theme song? I wouldn't say it's necessarily the theme song. I would say the Jellicle song is, is much more of a theme song. Jellicle's cat in the Jellicle way. <laughs> Gosh, that movie. Terrible. All right, and I think I was able to pretty much get anyone who I had tagged or mentioned. And yeah, not traveling to Europe, Father Luca, anytime soon, but who knows? I know that there's, right now, there is nothing officially planned. It's just something that's being thought about. There is a thought of some type of FNT Geeks and Gamers overseas, um, because we do know that there's a lot of people that watch from the UK and, and from other areas of the world. So there's that idea has floated around, but there's nothing set at this point. That's like more of, I think, a long term uh, trying to figure out exactly when and how we could do that. Um, oh, uh, so. the next Star Wars celebration is supposed to be in England, so maybe you could do like an anti-celebration. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think, <laughs> yeah. I think that, yeah, because a big thing for that, I think, would be what their policies are as well, right? I think the, you know, uh, the fact that, you know, the Star Wars celebration this year already has, you know, their, you know, policies, you know, basically asking people to not give them money, which is just so counterintuitive to me. But we'll have to, I guess, also see what happens with that as well. But anyway, uh, K-Man, how is it going? What you been watching? What you been up to? As far as movies go, I've been so busy with everything else that I haven't had a chance to watch much movies. So I pretty much only got really two to talk about. Okay. uh, What you got? Well, uh, one point about uh, talking about uh, Smoking a Bandit earlier. Yeah. The third one was actually had a... I think Jared Reed was playing the part of uh, Smokey in that one. Mm. And who, who's who's you said Jared? Who's that? Uh, he's the one that uh did uh he was a semi driver in the original Smokey and it. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I've never seen any of them, so yeah, I don't really remember the plot of the third one. I just remember the that. He was mainly the one driving the car during that time. Okay. Interesting. It is interesting that they got someone from the previous films to play a character that, like, was did they try to act as if he was the same person, or was it like he was the same character but clearly a different person? Kind of like the, like the moniker of the bandit, but an actual different person who took up the mantle. Like, nah, how was it? I think in that one it was more or less... Uh, they were just, I guess, I don't know if it was because they couldn't get Burt Reynolds for the movie or what, but I, yeah. but I do know that he wasn't playing the bandit, but the sheriff that was chasing after him thought he was the bandit. Oh, okay, okay. I gotcha. Interesting. Nice. So what were you able to, to see? Anything? I, I'm sure there's got to be. Is there a fun one this week? Um. 
I don't know. Like, if you like really I know you're say. you're like notorious for for mentioning the the ones where it's like, wait, what? There's a movie <laughs> that did that. And this time around, I just uh, more or less uh, somewhat normalish movies. Okay. Uh, I, I kind of I do have a uh, let's just say I do have a stack of them of movies that I do need to watch for okay. the next time that I do come on one of these streams because they they're on the level of uh, like. The, the Jurassic Hotel and stuff like that. Oh, man. But, <laughs> nice. I like hearing that you have a stack of them just waiting to be watched. Yeah, it's pretty much become my mission now is that anytime I see some kind of off the wall for it only costs like 3 or $4, hours, I'll grab it. <laughs> <laughs> so what were you able to watch? Yeah, well, first one is pretty much one that I've seen many times in the past and probably been a few years since it was a Beverly Hills cop uh, original okay, okay. and kind of had to get back into the old comedy where actually people didn't really take they didn't really take themselves serious mm-hmm. back when those type of movies were made and one that yeah, I pretty much laughed at just like I did back when I first originally yeah I've actually, so for someone like myself who's never actually seen, <laughs> I know I'm going to trigger more people, who's never actually seen Beverly Hills Cop, um, what what do you find to be the most enjoying aspect of the film? I think pretty much it's just overall the way the cast itself gets along with each other uh, uh, back and forth. Like Eddie Murphy's character does says stuff to the cops that uh whenever he's like making fun of them without them actually knowing he's making fun of them especially like with uh, okay especially with uh uh judd reinhold's uh character because okay. his character his character is pretty much like uh he, he's like the uh good guy cop that uh don't really know better or anything like that Hmm. he takes pretty much everything at face value you said uh ronnie cox's character no judge reinhold oh judge reinhold detective william billy rosewood at least according to letterboxd yeah i like because uh his partner in the movie uh i like the one in line where he uh like Judge's character, he uh, jumps up and tell in the middle of a shootout, telling them they're all under arrest, and they start firing at him. And he's his partner sits there and tells him, "Yeah, you shoot you myself." It's for the fact that it's just one of those deals where it shouldn't be. It's something that's just funny to me. Interesting. Very nice. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And it's the first time I actually got in 4K, so. Yeah. Nice. And uh, Rosie, I just saw ask in the chat. So I have not seen either 48. I have not seen 48 hours. Um, again, probably going to trigger some people. But I do own 48 hours. So I do own the film because 
I think I was watching a Blu-ray collection update video from Job Flickinger years back, and he mentioned that one several times over. So uh, I was I, I have actually been able to watch and have actually uh, rather sorry I do actually own that one based on his recommendation. Um, I just not have actually had the chance to watch it yet, but um, yeah, but no, uh, I always I think you know obviously Eddie Murphy is is solid in in almost all the films that he's done at least older like the the earlier films in his career really before the or rather up until he finished that first nutty professor film because i actually do like the first nutty professor film a lot but i feel like that's kind of like that point from like which he never fully recovered because he started to take on a lot more of those kinds of roles and became i think a lot more associated with more family comedy and um or PG-13 comedy, and kind of mm. lost his roots a little bit. I have heard some good things about a couple of films he's done here or there, but for the most part, uh, definitely seems like he definitely had a much better career earlier on uh, oh, than yeah. in later parts of his career. Definitely. Yeah. Anything else you wanted to say about Beverly Hills Cop? Uh, not pretty, Not really. Uh, pretty much uh, I would say that I uh, would recommend it for anybody that hasn't seen it yet. Nice. <laughs> Rob D, that's a good point. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, take a break from YouTube for like six months and watch all those Blu-ray. I'm do again, I'm doing what I can. I obviously with you know, DS9 has taken up the vast majority of my time, uh, which I think most people are happy with. So it's I think usually when I bring that up they say, Oh yeah, yeah, keep watching DS9. <laughs> They're just like, oh, oh yeah, of course. Get on that. Get get on to finishing that first. And, um, but I have been trying to watch some, I, I think, I know I've made a couple, uh, made a couple of videos or a couple of mentions about it, but since Laura is on the stream today, I did watch the outfit and oh, I also yeah. was able to, uh, finally watch, um, uh, old Henry as well. And I liked both. I thought both were fantastic. Oh yeah. I'm, I can't remember. I think it was, um, somebody recommended, uh, old Henry. Mm-hmm. Good yeah. recommendation. I never would have seen it. Otherwise, mm-hmm. but yeah. Yes, absolutely. And the outfit, oh man, that beginning. See, I knew I was going to like the film from the beginning because when a voiceover of mm-hmm. someone doing some like random skill happens, normally I tend to like it. And oh, him yeah. doing the voiceover when he's making the suit, explaining how suits are made, I was just enthralled by that. I was like, hey, the whole film could be this. And I'd, I'd be, <laughs> be like, yeah, okay. I'm going to learn how oh, to make a suit I, I love how it was so tense and uh, it unraveled, you know, you, yeah. you thought it was going one way and you're like, oh, I was a lot wrong. of A <laughs> lot of twists and turns, absolutely. And um, Dylan O'Brien, of course. Oh, yeah, 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 of course. <laughs> but all the other actors, too, I thought did a great job. And, you know, Mark mm-hmm. Rylance is a very underrated actor. Um, I think he's much more known for his stage work than he is for his movie work, though he's obviously gotten attention. I think he – didn't he win for Bridge of Spies? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I was actually happy with that one because it was a very subtle performance. And I think some people didn't like that he won because of that. But it's sometimes good to have those kinds of performances get, you know, awarded. It's just sad that he got that when at a time when in the history of the Oscars, they had kind of, especially at that point, um, you know, less so than now. It's obviously a lot more so true now where they basically lost their value, you know. And um, that's like the one sad thing. It's like, man, if only he had won it or won one when it was taken a little bit more seriously or um, if it ever had gotten back to that point. But 
it's oh, still Pluto good Nash. Yeah. Mm. Oh yeah. Um, people are talking about when uh, his career, when um, Eddie Murphy's career, when it would have died. <laughs> <laughs> I like his. I always think of Trading Places when I think mm. of Eddie Murphy. I saw that for the first time last year, and it was really funny. I liked it a lot. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I love Dan Aykroyd. He's so, he's so oh, funny. So funny. And that, that would be me, though. I would be standing in the rain outside of a restaurant and put a gun to my head to kill myself, and it wouldn't go off. <laughs> this is me. I also just loved how on the nose it was with how it was just a comedy ripoff of like Pygmalion and. Uh, <laughs> Of um, oh, what's the musical version they made of that? Of of Pygmalion. Um, I can't Google. I can't. I can't shrink down my screen. Okay, to, I'm trying to. to stay here. <laughs> uh, my Fair Lady is the musical version of Pygmalion. But oh. I like how it was a comedy version of My Fair Lady, where it's the two rich guys who are making a bet, basically. And <laughs> I don't know why I never got that. That's yeah. <laughs> That was the one thing, yeah. I was just like, oh man, yeah, they're totally doing this. This is great. And they did it in such they did it in such a subtle way, and it's such a unique concept in and of itself to where, you know, we're you know, in the case of My Fair Lady, it is a like clear, like direct ripoff just with music from the play Pygmalion, uh, with trading places. It's inspired by those those concepts, but it also makes it its own. It does a great job with it. <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was great how later in uh, Coming to America, I think he, he worked the uh, Mortimer and the other guy back into the movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, good yeah. Stuff. Yeah, I was, I was looking at the chat mentioning a couple of things about Eddie Murphy, but I saw this one. Awesome one says, Oh, and just make rosaries for Odin Khan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like how father, father recommended saying, You should just make, you know, Odin's rosary blog. Yeah, or I was, I was looking at the chat mentioning a couple of things. Oop, Oh, section, I hear sorry. myself. <laughs> Feedback. I hear myself. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, but Papa Cotty had said Beverly Hills Cop was a well-written story with great chemistry uh, between the actors and very funny. It's good to hear that. Definitely looking forward to watching it in the future. Um, let's see. Kurzilla says uh, Odin would fall for a banana in the tailpipe. What? <laughs> Is that a reference to the movie? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> um, you gotta like... say it with a deeper voice. You gotta be like, "Don't put, I ain't gonna fall for no banana tailpipe." Because <laughs> I, because is I'm assuming that it's a cartoon reference at the end of the day, right? Because that's what I remember it from. I remember cartoons like you would have a car about to run, and then they put like random things like a banana, and somehow it would cause the whole engine to explode. Um. At least that's that's how my memory serves it. Yeah, something along those lines. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Lucas said, am I a fan of DS9 or the baldness of Cisco? Uh, well, let's say the baldness of Cisco <laughs> has definitely raised the level quite a bit. Quite a bit at this point. Um, and then this is the one I really wanted to highlight. It was uh, Papakati saying, trading places helped me understand how the stock market works. There's a lot of stuff in there. Absolutely. There's a lot of stuff in there that we're like, oh, so that's how this all works. And oh, so that's how they get away with it. Um, <laughs> and uh, I, I really appreciated those things. Uh, so, K-Man, what was that second film you watched? Yeah, I probably get a lot of flack for it just because of who actually released it. But uh. I, I will say that... Uh, I've had this movie for years before they started going their current ways, but yeah. it is a Disney movie. <laughs> uh, 
It's, it's okay. Version. There's some classically good uh, Disney movies, but uh, what would you watch? Uh, this was their version of Around the World in 80 Days. It was back in oh. 2004. Interesting. Had Jackie Chan in it. Oh, that uh, one. Jackie okay. Chan. I remember that one now because at first I was like, like, which one are you talking about? Or I thought you were talking about more. I thought you were first talking about an animated film, but oh my goodness. That cast, too. Jackie Chan, Steve yeah. Coogan, Jim Broadbent, Mark Addy's in the film, John Cleese, Will Forte, Rob Schneider, the Wilson brothers, Kathy Bates, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Maggie Q. Dang. Yeah. That actually sounds like a fun movie. How'd you like it? It, uh, it was probably kind of a back and forth throughout the movie, uh, I, I enjoyed it for what it was. Uh, there, there was a, I will say that they tried a little too hard to try to make every moment funny. I mean, I get mm. it. They try to make it a comedy, especially for families and stuff. Yeah. But, uh, and I mean, I, I won't give it as bad of a criticism as a lot of critics did whenever the movie first came out. Cause yeah. there, there was a, a lot of people that was given a score like a like a uh, three or four or something. Yeah, that was back during a day though when critics were a lot more. Uh, I mean, they've always been snooty, but that's when they were even more snooty. So like, this yeah. is back in the day when I've made this comment about when Rotten Tomatoes used to make sense. Like, this was back in the day where on Rotten Tomatoes it would have had maybe like a twenty or a forty, like a twenty, like that range. But then the mm-hmm. audience score, I imagine, probably would be like between seventy-five, eighty-five or so, because that tells me okay, it may not be the best made movie, but at least it's entertaining. So yeah, I was gonna say I didn't have a chance to look up the audience score but yeah in the, one of the reviews i looked, uh critics had gave it like 30 percent or something. Yeah. that would make it's sense to those, me it's one of those movies that it actually didn't do it didn't quite make its money back it uh i think mm, they spent okay. they spent over a little a little over 100 million and just barely got back like 71 million oh dang wow I'm surprised actually that they would have spent now. Now, of course I'm intrigued because yeah, <laughs> everyone should know this by now. Oh, he mentioned numbers. I has got to know the numbers. Let's see around the world. Oh. If I have that F after the D it's, it's going to be like, what are you talking about? I do not speak your language. See, I'm just checking out Odin's tabs. Let's see here. I, you'll see my tabs are very well managed, okay? <laughs> I have I have three pinned tabs, but then I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight open tabs. I I am not Ryan from RK Outpost, <laughs> who has a number you can't even count uh, at any given time. Uh, I I have standards, okay? I have standards. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, the film cost $72 million, or rather, sorry, made $72 million. Yeah, production budget, 110 This is, you know, obviously I could do the adjustment for inflation to give, you know, better metrics here, but I've luckily found uh, this to also be a pretty good metric. So for a film to make its budget back and to make its marketing as well back, it needs to make around 2.5 times its production budget. So this only made 0.7 times its production budget so yeah that's a massive loss 
for that. <laughs> not good. Not good at all. Massive ill. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. I, I think what it was is that a lot of people were was expecting it to be like almost exactly like the Jules Verne thing mm. and not something original. Yeah. Yeah, when you adjust for inflation, budget was around 162.4. Man, imagining, oh man, because imagining in today's dollars, that film costing over 150 million. I mean, that's what, it's. it also kind of is consistent with the fact that this was a Disney film. Disney has been overpaying for their films since like the very beginning. <laughs> like there's never, it seems like there's never been a point where they've actually paid a, a, a sensible or underpaid for a, a given movie. Um, but yeah, so they overall made, when adjusted for inflation, 106.3. Whew, that's not good at all. And I will have to say, I apologize to Soul Assassin. Wait, why do you, why do you apologize <laughs> to Soul Assassin? <laughs> Don't you know what you've done? He's talking math now. <laughs> I just I just saw that. I just read that. It says, well, at least around the world in 80 days can say they didn't lose money like Lightyear. No, they can, though. They did. <laughs> in fact, they may, have, they may have lost about as much as. <laughs> uh, it, it didn't cost as much. That's the other crazy thing. This one, adjust for inflation, costs, what, 160 or so million? Lightyear costs 200 million. Just think about that. Because I imagine the effects in this, I mean, for the time, they were spending the money what they could, but you just look to that and you say, how do these movies cost as much as they do, especially when they're just not even worth it? Yeah. Well, they also, uh, with the transitions, they, like, whenever they transition from one scene to another, uh, mm-hmm. like, whenever they go from one city to another city, they actually transitioned it into, like, a paintings, drawing, and then transition that into oh. like the real setting. Okay. Did they use any type of like compu- like CGI, like computer generated stuff, or did they use old school on an actual paper, doing it more practically? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was really you know 2004. That would have been the, that age when they would have been transitioning over to it. So. Especially because one of the characters in the story is supposed to be an artist and actually in throughout the movie, and I think it would have been more. It would have went ahead with the position of actual paper drawing instead of trying to CGI. Yeah. Nice. Well, your voice was getting a little robotic there. We can understand it for the most part, but I was noticing a little bit of the drop in uh, the quality signal too. So I'm glad we were, <laughs> I'm glad that it was able to hold up though this time for, for us to be able to at least get through the, the movies that you had seen and talked about. Um, but anything uh, while we still have signal, uh, is there anything that you also wanted to, to shout it out? Uh, oh no. Not really. Uh, there she is. There I, uh, I got that airplane flying overhead, so that might be. Uh, yeah, you just came through pretty clear the there. Of... Yeah. Well, I'll I'll uh, prep I'll you know I'll promote your website. So x, x the boundaries.co thoughts of a crazy man podcast coming soon. 
Very cool. Do you uh, have any ETA on that? Are you still, is that kind of like waiting on the internet to, to level out? Uh, it's uh, more or less uh, time to uh, sit down and be able to record it. The, uh, the first episode. As a matter of fact, I was going to do that this weekend before plans change. Nice. So, but I do hope to have it out the first episode out sometime before the end of this month. Cool. Well, of course, mm-hmm. let me know when you do. So that way we can promote that, share that with everybody in in our community. It's definitely it's going to be pretty much a little off the cuff type scenario where I just. For each episode, I'll just grab a bunch of topics and pull it out. Whichever one I thought to have is going to be the main topic for that episode. Nice. Pretty much like I I plan on promoting it as you're going to have a small bit of seriousness, a whole lot of craziness, and find out what the inner workings of my mind is. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah, and if you want to support him, you can, of course, check out um, xtheboundaries.co. I was trying to also click on some of your links might be broken. Um, this one worked. So, uh, But if you go to his T Public, you can also get some of his shirts, which right now are on sale, $14 t-shirts. So you want to support him that way, you can do so. And then also you can support him on directly on his website, uh, xtheboundaries.co. And he also has a Twitter, which... Uh, you had changed it a while back, and so that's why it had popped up here. It actually didn't pop up right yeah, away. It should be, should be the yeah, OG K-Man. There it is. So the OG K-Man, <laughs> if you want to help support him over there, boom. There it is. So hopefully hopefully you stay connected for the rest of it too, but I wanted to make sure we could at least <laughs> we could get those <laughs> things out uh, while we still had some connection. So uh, K-Man, it's always great having you here. It's always great being here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, how y'all doing too? Just want to check in before we jump over to Laura to see what yeah. she's been watching. I'll say I may go ahead and head out since I okay. got to be up in about six hours. Oh, oh yeah, go get a nap, <laughs> get a nice nap in, or rather, go to bed uh, <laughs> because of the shift. So, so K man, you go to bed and you get a good night's sleep. All right. I uh, appreciate it. And, uh, thank you for having me on here. And uh, of course, I, I will say shout out to the Valks and Laura and all. Oh. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Night night. <laughs> yeah, seriously, Appreciate it's re- good day to you, good sir. <laughs> Thank you. Have a good one. All right, you too, man. All right, go ahead and support ZK, man. So glad that we were actually able to <laughs> to have working connection for a while because I remember the last stream. I felt so bad; it just kept going in and out, and just we really couldn't get any any stable connections going up. Um, and uh, before jumping over to Laura, I saw this comment from Miss Minnesota hockey fan saying Aragon was terrible, uh, one of the worst books to movies that she's ever seen. Yeah, I actually have not read the book Aragon. I've only seen the film, and I it wasn't a good movie. I'm not going to say that. I didn't hate it though. I, I found it to be mildly enjoyable. It was one of those more kitty type action fantasy films, and I, I was able to find some enjoyment in that. Um, but obviously as it is the case, I think in most situations, books tend to be better than the movies, even if it's a good, even if it's a good movie, in which case this film really is not. Um, but anyway, that being said, Laura, 
Hey, how's it going? Hey, what you been watching? I got Odin all to myself. I know, right? One on one. I know. I feel like I should pay extra for this. <laughs> oh, I, I read the Aragon book. How was uh, it? It was a long time ago. Um, I just I think I remember it being more serious than mm. the movie was. I think they were going for like the whole young adult vibe. Yeah. With it that. was very campy. Very, very campy movie for sure. Yeah. I think I, there were several. I don't know if I read all of them, but mm. yeah, there were several books in this. I thought it was great. I was very disappointed in the movie, though. It was like this is this is not what I was reading. Yeah, it <laughs> reminded me. To, yeah, I don't know why Aragon reminds me of this, but there was another one that was a. It was a. I believe it was a book to movie adaptation, and it starred. Um, oh my goodness, well, uh, Brendan Fraser. And it was like, was it Bookheart? No, it wasn't Bookheart. It was uh, uh, Inkheart. Inkheart. Um, yeah, it was. It was adapted from a book. I actually had not. I had not read the book, but I had watched the movie. Did you ever see Inkheart with Brendan Fraser? No, and I thought I'd seen all of his stuff. Yeah, it's it a down. very obscure one. It's one that I would be surprised if a lot of people had seen it because I, I it must have come out maybe over ten years ago at this point. Um, Inkheart. Yeah, it was it was I think after his time had finished doing the um doing the mummy films or it was either after the mummy 2 between mummy 2 and the third mummy film or it was after the third mummy film where again that one kind of fell off the rails a bit but I actually found it to be quite enjoyable. I always like movies that and books for that matter that show a love towards reading or a love towards stories in general. So I don't know why Aragon makes me think of that since they're very much different in that capacity. But, no, that's fine. You, who yeah. knows how your brain connects things together? Just go with it. Yeah, <laughs> I know because it's random. My brain will randomly make random things happen. And oh, Andy Circus sense. is in that. And, oh, that's Jennifer right. Conley. Oh, yes. I love her. Yes, but, it's it's actually got a very solid cast. So that's why I think it's one of the many reasons why for me it works. Now, whether it's a good adaptation, I could not tell you. Um, but it'd be interesting to see if anyone had actually both read and seen the film in the chat who had mentioned it, but holy cow, we, that's a big cast. <laughs> I know. I know. It was, again, it was a film that was, it was a big film, but I don't even, I don't think it was a, a big hit. I don't think, um, you know, the has, best thing about this movie, what's one that? hour and 46 minutes. That's yes. What I'm <laughs> it is a reasonable runtime. <laughs> Definitely a reasonable runtime for sure. Yeah, Helen Mirren's in the film. Paul Bettany. Mm-hmm. Shoot. Okay. I know. How have I I've not ever even heard of this movie? That is crazy. I know, and I, I didn't think it was that bad. I thought it was kind of fun. Huh. Weird. So it just got under the radar, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Back yeah. in the day. What is this? Uh, oh, 2008. That's not back in the day. <laughs> well, I mean, you're such you know, a baby. <laughs> I am. I am a baby. This one. is this is a fact. This is definitely a fact. You know. But think about it. We're six years away from it being 20 years old. So. Oh wow. I know. You must be my daughter's age. I think. Yeah, I'm 33. So. Oh, yeah, she's born 90, 91. Excuse me. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So just a few years. <gasps> yeah. It still shocks me how. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel old until she's like, you know, I remember how old she is. And I'm just like, oh, man. And then I'm at the age where I don't know how to feel because I have, you know, my, I have students who are half my age. And so that makes me feel old. But then also at the same time, I'm in a community that has such a wide 
breadth and a wide range of like from college students to those who are retired like it's always it's like i don't know how to feel because if i feel old then i get the you're not old but then when i feel young it's like you're not there young anymore so i'm in this like in between space oh yeah my 30s were my prime man i was i was living life 30s and 40s oh i was having a good time nice having a good time kid was older you know, she left. She left home pretty early. Okay. So I was for like, college or just for like life. Uh, so, <laughs> so well, she, interview with the modern major general of the channel. <laughs> so yeah, she um, she went to college, did an English major, and then was just like, I don't know what I want to do with my life. So she followed her boyfriend to um, some small town in Massachusetts somewhere. Hmm. Which was delightful for me because it gave me an excuse to, uh, you know, visit Boston and <laughs> other places. <laughs> I was like, yes, Albany, New York, a couple places around there. Nice. Um, she she lived there for a while and then just, you know, kind of headed out. But, I mean, just she left home so early that I was like, oh. I, I can I can have a life. <laughs> it's like I can <laughs> I can do live all those, now. <laughs> yeah, all those things that I didn't do in my twenties because you know I had a kid. Yeah. I was like, oh, I can free. <laughs> <laughs> I'm free. <laughs> like fly to Vegas every weekend and spend ridiculous amounts of money. And <laughs> I don't so have fun. to save up for college anymore. I could. <laughs> yeah, and you're like not. And she got scholarships for her college, so I didn't oh, have nice. to pay for any of it. Sweet, yeah. yeah, but um. Yeah, all that stuff, you know, like when you do stuff in your 20s and you're out partying and you're crazy, you're too dumb to like do that responsibly. <laughs> so I had the benefit of like being older and going out and having fun and not not poisoning myself with alcohol. <laughs> that's not, and again, that's the best to me, you know, doing all that without without alcohol, especially like that's the best way to have fun because then it's you're just literally high on life. You know, oh, you're yeah. just having fun. You're remembering like everything that you're doing you know everything that you're doing and so it's for me that just makes it a lot much more that makes it much more of an enjoyable experience um, oh yeah especially out here you know you got reno and vegas Mm -hmm. and the city and la oh yeah san diego just having a great time and you know i'm not one for gambling so you know the casinos don't but that's what's so great about even like within the casinos is that it's not just gambling that's in there either. Usually there's a lot of really good food, for instance, like usually get pretty good deals on food. In fact, even if you just put a little money into like a penny slot or something, but then there's also all the shows, like there's all the theaters and, you know, like Penn and Teller are out there. And like, if I was ever in Vegas, like people, like everyone else who might be more interested in going to all the different, you know, bars and all those places, I'd be like, uh, when's the next Penn and Teller show? I'd like to, <laughs> you know, like I, my theater brain would kick in and be like, oh, what's going on tonight in the, in yeah. the theater? You go see Britney. Britney Spears is there. And yeah, it would, um, just the comedy shows alone. Yeah. Entertaining. So is, I'm not so a, is huh? Britney, you know, is Britney at a permanent, uh, show there or. Yeah. Th- that's what people are doing now. Like Cher oh. and a couple others that are kind of Vegas, Vegas friendly. I've never seen the Blue Man Group. Oh, they're fun. Oh, you saw it? I've seen them once. I was not in... uh, Yeah, it was not in the... It was not in Vegas. I was living in New York still for college, and my dad had come to visit me. And, you know, I'm used to... 
you know, getting recommend getting recommendations from my mom whenever she would come to visit because she would know a lot more about what was going on in the theater where my dad, he likes theater, but he doesn't really keep up with it as much. He doesn't watch things like the Today Show or things like that where they would have the cast come on, perform, where that's where my mom would typically hear about things that were going on or just from other people that she knew that were also fans of theater. But for him, it was more of, oh, well, obviously, I think we should go see a show while he's up here. And so he was actually, um, if actually my memory serves me right, I think he was the one that actually found it. Uh, and he was like, yeah, we're going to go see Blue Man Group off-Broadway. And I said, okay, that, that sounds pretty cool. And it was a weird experience. Like, because it was fun, because there's a lot of percussion music in the show. But then it's also comedy. And it's also, like, weird, bizarre, too. Like, it was just... <laughs> There's just a lot of stuff going on with that show, but it was it was it was entertainment to oh, yeah. the the 10th degree. You know, it was exactly what if you want to be if you if you've no one if everyone's ever gone to a place or ever does go to a place and Blue Man Group's playing, I can say that you will have a fun time. It may not be the kind of fun you necessarily thought you would be having, but it is at least entertaining. I can say that much about it. Yeah, I've seen enough clips to know it's like, oh, that'd be something I'd be interested in seeing. Yeah. It looks fun. Yeah. We did see right. Carrot Top one time, though. Was- how, how is he? Oh I feel very mixed about him because he, especially now that he's jacked, it's cognitive dissonance for me. I look at him and then I hear his voice and then I think, w- what? Well, his his act is very physical, so that's probably okay. why he's in such good shape. He uses like all these big props and stuff. Oh, but- okay, okay. Fairly fa- family friendly, so okay. you know. <laughs> so not not FNT. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> I have to watch FNT on some other night because like Friday, I'm like I'm yeah. burned out, and it's oh, just yeah. like too much. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean, even for me, I'm on the panel, and sometimes I'm like, oh man, <laughs> and that's why I'm glad that I I, I started picking up this. Uh, this ability to, to do rosaries. Cause I ended up making a rosary last night during the stream. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, cause I, it's gotten to the point now where I can still actively listen, um, and still be able to make the knots themselves. Like I've been making one during the stream, for instance. And yeah. it's, I don't know. It's very, they always have a, 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 they always have a good discussion. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it's a, I, I love the guests that they get on there though. It's, yes. it's people I find through that show. So. Yes. I was so sad. Um, it was last week. We was a critical drinker. And who else we had last week? I know critical drinker was one. But I always like the ones where the the guests we have, I have like a lot of like connections with as far as like. Was it either, Mahler? Maybe. It was like we have like a, when we, there's like a shared love of movies or my obviously my favorite guest of all time that I always love when she's on is Carrie Smith. Because I always know the show's going to be maybe just a little bit less extreme with her <laughs> presence there. But then also I'm going to be able to connect with her on a lot of issues since she also tends to view things from a not just the cultural perspective, but also from from a faith perspective, too. Oh, Sola's so saying it's a gun. It's a Gundam. Oh, OK. That's right. That's right. That's right. Who's always just so funny. It's just oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just so all over the place. I love it. Yeah, I, I um I think that it was Drinker had um Mahler on mm. his stream and then Drinker was on, so Okay. Two two degrees of separation from Mahler. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
And within the fellowship, I do feel like there's usually certain, there's a varying number of degrees, but they're all, con- we're all connected in some form or fashion. Yeah, that's true. That, I, don't um, if, I don't know if I, I'd ever survive a show if we had It's a Gundam <laughs> and Alex Stein on at the same time. I don't think I'd survive. Alex Stein is great. I like, so go, funny. Goes to the city council meeting. <laughs> he dressed up as a swimmer. Yeah, that's right. Time. he's just so brilliant he's so brilliant and it's so funny because i imagine that up to that point a lot of people were probably going after him for you know oh you're just some you're just this right winger blah 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 and then all of a sudden it's like oh did you see his video going after dan crenshaw and after ted cruz yeah oh yeah he's a complete patch mccain yeah patch mccain (laughs) i patch mccain that's great oh my god He's, the video yeah, just from the he's side. Exciting. Oh, yeah. as the one like I don't usually have, and I really don't have a lot of as far as like regrets that I linger on for a long period of time, um, because it's like it's in the past or something I could do about it at this point. But one thing I wish I had done when I was in Dallas was had I stayed up just a little bit later, I would have gotten to meet Alex. Um, but he was supposed he was ten minutes away at one point, and then thirty minutes later he still wasn't there, and so I was like, ah, I don't know if he's even gonna come. And then I left and then probably right when I got <laughs> right when I got back and I was still I was a pretty good distance away from the city, probably like a 30 to 40 minute drive. So about the time I was like finally settled down in bed, I saw the pictures of them posting with him on Twitter and stuff. So I'm like, yeah, it's good. It's a good idea because it was the night before leaving. So I needed to have a good night's sleep. But also I was like, man, I missed him out probably by a good 30, 30, 45 minutes. <laughs> I'm kind of glad I saw that. Um his thing on uh, Dan Crenshaw because I had been paying mm-hmm. attention yeah. to some of the stuff that he was saying. I Absolutely, was like, well, I was like, "What? What's going on?" Last I heard, he was a, a pretty stand-up guy, and I started digging into it. And I was like, "Oh, mm-hmm. oh, not the stand-up guy." Okay. And that's and that's what, that that that's why Alex is so important, right? Because he's through through comedy, through <laughs> through shock humor, but then also through uh, I would argue even hard hitting reporting is a part of his, his shtick as well. It's be through that you it's he's exposing a lot of stuff on all sides. And that's what I always, that's why I tend to like, like co- comedy, like South park, for instance, or uh, people even like, you know, Tim pool, who I know some people have issues with, but it's because they're willing to go after anybody, right? If anybody is corrupt, if anybody is doing something that's like, wait a minute, you're, this, this is, this is not okay. You know, those are willing, those are the people that are willing to call that stuff out. And I always appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, Fleck is used to do stuff like that. And yeah. then um, Caitlin Bennett, but the problem with Caitlin is she's so recognizable with that, you know, she's got that long hair and people mm-hmm. are kind of targeting her now. So. Well, also she completely changed. She went through. She went through a. She went through a very extreme um, con- uh, conversion, actually, mm-hmm. uh, because she became a very. She became very seriously Catholic, and then became pregnant. And so now, as a mom, she is very. You'll notice she doesn't. Re- she doesn't release a lot of. Inf- like she doesn't release a lot of videos anymore. Most of the videos she releases are tend to be a lot more faith focused. So it's actually really interesting to see the transformation that she's gone through. Um, over oh, the past year or so, yeah. So anyone who's been you know wondering maybe where she's been or whatever, it's because once she went through a very uh, a very serious just you know just conversion of faith, conversion of heart, but then also got pregnant, had a baby, and so now of course motherhood has changed her life even more. So 
she her perspective on things you know politically is still the same but as far as how she goes about it has changed uh, a little bit I, i don't i wouldn't i would be surprised to see her as in the face as she once was because and i think that anyone who has a kid or has a family would probably think this way of yeah, I used to be able to make these decisions because I was making my own risks, but now I have to think about those that could be impacted by those risks that I take. So I wouldn't be surprised if she tones it down. Well, I've she's... seen her on a podcast where she was debating about the gun issue. Mm. And I mean, there were like three people who were against her and she, you know, she does very good on her street interviews and stuff, but mm-hmm. her in that, you know, that debate, she took on three people and, and trounced them. It was not even. <laughs> It yeah. was not even close. It's nice to see when people, because it's easy for someone to do that street talk, you know, where it's like you're, oh, I'm, there's a word I'm looking for for it. Um, when it's like, it's not an attack, but you are kind of coming in out of nowhere, surprising ambush. Uh, so, right. you know, that ambush reporting, it's easy to make yourself look great during ambush reporting because you're going up to someone, you've done some preparation, you're going up to someone expecting them to be surprised, taken off guard. And so it's easy or it's it's easier to make that person look foolish. And right. so for her to be able to show not only can she do that, but also she can have those sit down discussions and still hold her own. That means, okay, she's not just one of these random ambush reporters that only does well in those settings, but she actually knows her stuff. She believes the stuff that she says and therefore can present the the ideas. So I, I appreciate the fact that she can do that. Well, what you find is like with the, what Matt was doing um, and uh, you know, other people is you find out people don't have a lot of, depth of knowledge about certain subjects they've just heard like little bits of information and they they put their perspective together using that yeah you know it's like oh i you know what was the one that i hate is people are like yeah but when the constitution were writ- was written they only had muskets and i'm just like <laughs> you heard that somewhere you didn't come- <laughs> you exactly. don't know anything about muskets come it's like on. that's that's what we call a a talking point and yeah. um you clearly have picked that up from somewhere um, that's the reason why I always, in my OMB report streams, I always hate using the expression laboratories of innovation because that at one point I know was a talking point, but it's like, but it's true. <laughs> that's what the States are. We are laboratories of innovation where we test ideas and if they don't work, Hey, other States can say, we're not going to do that. Um, well, yeah, a lot of, a lot of arguments like that though, are mm-hmm. from the, not the Pentagon papers. Uh, what is it? The, uh, I, I love that... when I love when those things pop into your head because you're like, I know for a fact this is not what I'm trying to say, but this <laughs> popped into my. <laughs> it was a paper. It was written by the founding fathers about the Constitution, the Declaration oh of Independence. Help me chat. Help me chat. Uh, Federalist Papers. <laughs> yes, thank you. Okay. <laughs> the this Pentagon Papers. I, I know like all of this stuff, but when I get like in front of people or in, in yeah. a conversation, it's it's gone. It's out of my brain. Oh yeah, it's not coming back either. That's why I, I for <laughs> for both for both students and myself, that's why I use powerpoints because then it's I just need a sentence up there and then I can riff on it for a bit. Um, and that's what's always so funny because the, it's always great when a student because they'll look at the board, but then they'll hear me talk and they'll realize that what I'm saying is only partly what's on the board. And like, there's a lot more stuff that's not there. And it's, it's always funny when students will ask the question of like, how do you know so much? Or (laughs) how do you know so much about this? 
but it's it's great because there's been a couple times where students have given what I think is the correct response, which is, well, this is kind of his job. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is this is a job. It's a passion, you know. And so, of course, you know. I've also, I've done this. You know, sometimes it's the fourth class of the day, so it's this is the fourth time I'm doing this class too. So sometimes it gets a little longer as the day goes by because I remember things and. Uh, it's easier to remember when you've repeated things for so long. <laughs> yeah, excellent point, Rob D. That's what a lot of people don't realize is mm-hmm. that muskets were very deadly. Yeah. And, you know, if you got anybody in the abdomen area, it was pretty much over. Well, also, so, it's 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 when any when any whenever anyone on either either side ever brings up any kind of weapon, right? My mindset immediately goes to, okay, yeah, but let's go back to the core of the second amendment. Cuz what is the actual second amendment itself? It really isn't the right to keep and bear arms. And I know that might, yeah, people be like, oh my gosh, my, my, you know, my radar's tinkling. What did Odin just say? He just said it's not about my, my right of, uh, you know, to keep and bear arms. But it's a lot deeper than that. It's a lot more important. We have a right to self defense, period. Yes. And that's what it is, right? So therefore, that, and I think it's better to take it from that angle because then it's, okay, it doesn't matter what your opinion is on this particular gun or it doesn't matter what your opinion is on uh, the musket or whatever because the, the only question that needs to be asked is, can I defend myself using this tool? And do other people have access to this tool who might use it against me? If, if obviously the answer is both to that, then it's okay then. I clearly have a right to this then and any restrictions you put on it must be vetted properly because I have a right to defend myself. Yeah, I mean, it's it's multifaceted, though. Um, mm-hmm. I took this great course. It was online. It's a Coursera course. Hmm. And, and it, it it explained the Constitution in ways that, like, I hadn't even thought of. Yeah. You know, because, of course, the Second Amendment is also about, like, you know, being able to protect your country. Yeah. So that, you know, if everybody's armed and, you know, you have a, a an invasion, which happened, you know, you're talking about the Revolutionary War here. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody had guns, so everybody was able to pick up their guns and fight. Um, let's see. I think it's it's a Coursera course, and it was something about the Bill of Rights. I, I can't find it. I was trying to find it here. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's it was free. And uh, it's, it's not – people seem to think of their rights in one particular direction. And mm-hmm. it's like, no, it's it, – they thought of an entire – like system of, you know, we want all of these things enshrined in this bill of rights. Um, you know, not just to protect your rights, but it's like, you have also a duty. It's Mm -hmm. like you have the freedom to protect yourself, but you also need to protect, you know, this country and this constitution. I'm glad you actually brought that up because that's actually a major part of, and I I mean, obviously when we talk about anything that is based in or connected with like Judeo-Christian values, there's always then going to be crossover with other religions or with other cultures, but it's the concept that every right has a duty. Mm -hmm. And so like, that's something that's a very big part of Catholic social teaching is that just because you have a right to something doesn't mean that it's unrestricted. Right. There's a duty that you have with that. So, for instance, we have a right to speech. But does that mean that we could just go around saying whatever it is we want with no ramifications? It's well, we might have, again, that concept of right, but we have a duty to use that right properly. 
right? To right. not use it to, to hurt others or to call violence upon others or to do anything. You know, we have a right to defend ourselves. We have a right to bear arms, but we have a duty to be responsible, right? With, with our ownership, be responsible and learning how to train and things like that. So yeah, it's again, we have rights, but then we also have the concept of, of duties for all of those things as well. By the way, this is great. Yeah. I love when we have these philosophical discussions because it's always just, it's fun. I love it. I love it. It's great. And I yeah, like I, how the chats all like try to get into it too. Bring it up. Oh, I've been reading through everybody's comments. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't agree politically with a lot of people. Um, mm-hmm. So it's really, especially out here in California. You yeah. Know, I would be considered a crazy right wing person when I'm I kind of in the middle. <laughs> And that's what's so like that's what's so crazy about modern politics is that everyone now, unless you are one of these, you know, crazy and again, I, I say leftist in the way where I don't mean necessarily I think, you know, I I know I brought him up already, but I think Tim Poole always kinda gets it that hits a nail on the head where he says, you know, they're not even really liberal anymore, these people. Right? That's mm-hmm. why he usually calls them leftist, because it's no, these are just extreme ideologues who might claim that they hold to certain political views or political positions but they clearly don't because they're so extreme in their political views and political opinions right you know yeah it's um it's kind of (laughs) scary because you know i used to only see a lot of the really really extreme stuff in the universities you know Mm -hmm. when i went to school my daughter went to school and it it's just kind of like everywhere now it's like oh geez it's not a good idea (laughs) yeah and it's I mean, sad that we've gotten to the point where it's now I'm, you know, baby Thor, he's a year and a half, going to be two in October, which is just insane to me, especially since he's so tall. <laughs> he looks he looks so much older, but I also know how how, how just he's still a little baby. But I, I'm already having to think ahead to, all right, you know, when it comes to schools, um, there is definitely a concern when it comes to even just his general primary education you know, what kind of stuff are they going to be teaching, you know? And, um, and so now it's like, okay, I need to start getting more involved in, okay, who is the superintendent of schools? Who's on the school board? What are the kinds of decisions that they're making? Are there meetings? How do I go? Like, that's the kind of stuff mm-hmm. where I, I know that in order to kind of practice what I preach myself, I need to start to become a lot more active in that local uh, market. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm here in California and when Jess was, um in high school you know Mm -hmm. i i kind of would kind of hear some of the stuff that she was studying and i didn't hear anything you know anything that outside of the norm it was it was more she went to berkeley and i (laughs) (laughs) but she just loved it so much yeah she loved that school well it's funny because it's it's almost like the the yesteryear's uh crazy left ideology is so tame it's just so tame because because think about it like I think just 20 years ago what was probably like something that some like more conservative parents would be uh would, would not want their students you know would not want their kids to be caught it would be oh yeah they taught us about how much um damage we're doing to the earth 
but again, I'm, you know, see where I'm going with this. You know, there's just so much trash in the ocean and there's just so much uh, problem with with a lack of recycling. And I think we should start recycling. That would be seen as extreme back then. Right. It was yeah. like, no child of mine's going to recycle. Like there were people who just because of where it was coming from, they had no trust in it. You know, they just were like, oh, I'm going to I just because of the fact it's coming from somewhere I'm not, I have to reject it. Like we look to that, we say, oh, I wish for those days. I wish for the days when those were the most extreme things that you would hear. But now all of a sudden it's, oh, no, you know, we need a social credit score system and carbon tax credits. And it's like, whoa, okay, now we've kind of now we've kind of jumped the boat. We've kind of jumped the shark a little bit on these things. Yeah, um, I remember being in college and my dad saw some of the books I was reading for history and just got irate. You know, and mm-hmm. I was like, no, no, it's just for a different perspective. <laughs> it's like we, we read this over here and now we're reading that over there. And he was like, oh, oh, OK, then, you know. So you said history. <laughs> Would it happen to be a, a people's history of the United States? Oh, no, it was um, okay. Studs Terkel did this book called The Good The Good War about World War Two. Oh, okay. He was kind of a pacifist. Um, oh, and, OK, OK. And I was like, that, trust me, I, that's all we do is study World War II in, in school. Mm-hmm. I've gotten both sides. Okay, It's like, yeah. And that's that really comes down War. to. Oh. Yeah. It's, it's like we that's why we can't even in today's world. Right. We can't just think we can't take everything in isolation. Right. We, if if because let's say they're reading some book that's politically extreme. But then we also find out, oh, they're also reading this thing from the other side. And then we also recognize that the teacher is being very pragmatic about it right trying to teach them you know because you would find that probably in a rhetoric course and that's what we we really need that back in schools is just a basic teaching of rhetoric of okay how does one form an argument what is an objectively good argument what's an objectively bad argument because it just we we look to today you know and you see alex stein i think is a great example of how to expose this stuff right he's asking them what they believe and he's asking them why do why are they doing this and all the arguments they can come up with are pure emotion Right. No actual logic to them. No actual you know, serious thought outside of talking points they've been given. Many of them can't even articulate why it is they believe what they believe. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, so many people it's it, I didn't know until I got probably into my late 30s. I really didn't have enough knowledge about some areas to mm-hmm. like speak on it. Like I really sat down and studied the Constitution when I did that. Um, paralegal program Mm -hmm. and it 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 takes a long time to formulate like what you believe and why and life experiences too you know until you've like been out in the world and i mean trust me when my daughter started paying taxes she got far more (laughs) conservative (laughs) that's usually what happens right is people get very liberal in college but then once they get into the real world they tend to get more conservative because that's when they realize oh how much are you taking out of my paycheck? Oh, you're telling me I have I owe you money? <laughs> what? Uh, excuse me. <laughs> yeah, my my niece too. My niece was very far left and opened a dog grooming business, and she just mm. <laughs> took the rants on Facebook. I'm just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like this is what we've been trying to tell you. It's like this is, it's like it's it really is. You know, especially when it comes to that stuff, it's not really a you know, conservative liberal issue. It's, it's actually much more of a, do you want individual freedom or do you want government control? You know, that's really what the, the base core argument comes down to at the end of the day. 
Yeah. Well, thankfully, there's a lot of information out there available. People oh, just yeah. need to find it. You know, mm-hmm. you gotta. You know, it's sad. It, um, one of the movies I'm going to talk about if we get to. The movies, <laughs> we'll, but, we'll move to that next. We'll move to that yeah, next. <laughs> yeah. One of the movies I'm going to talk about where it's like now you have to do your own research. It's like oh, you yeah. can't just trust like oh i watched a video on it and it said this it's like you have to the digging that you have to do Mm -hmm. uh to to try to figure out like what is happening so i guess speaking of that then (laughs) it's a it's a good transition transition Uh, yay uh so what movie is that that kind of helps to explicate this this point that we've been kind of driving at of doing our own research and not just accepting everything every single thing that we see or hear necessarily as as being completely true um, it was Under the Banner of Heaven with Andrew Garfield. Ah, okay. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so I started watching it, you know, Andrew Garfield. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and it was, it's a murder mystery um, that's set in Utah. I assume Salt Lake City. Um, yeah. Because he's a Mormon detective. That's right. Okay, yes. I'm yeah, now, yeah. I'm remembering this. Is it ringing bells? Yes. Um, and then... So um, he's a Mormon detective. He has a family, two young girls, and uh, there's a, a grisly murder of this young woman who's also a Mormon and her daughter. Um, and it it turns out that there's uh, this woman. I think her name was Diane. Um, it okay. turns out this was an actual murder, that it was a true crime. But I, I didn't figure that out until way later. Yeah. Um, so, uh, she, this Diane, uh, I think her last name was Lafferty. She yeah. married into this very large, very fundamentalist Mormon, um, family. So there's, there's so many Lafferty's. I was like, oh yes. my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yep. Mormon check. <laughs> A sea of Lafferty's. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it, it goes really slowly because you've got a lot of characters, um, You've got, uh, they do this weird thing where they're trying to tell the story about this really fundamentalist family. Mm-hmm. And they keep flashing back to like the founders of the Mormon church. Hmm. And they're like trying, so convoluted. So they're like trying to tie in like past beliefs of the Mormons that that somehow affected this murder. Hmm. Um, I can't. I'm not gonna spoil who did the murder. I so mean, they're trying a, to almost a- accuse the religion itself. Exactly. Mm. And you know, like every time there's someone from the church in in the in the show, there's yeah. like this ominous music playing in the background, and oh. you know they just have this kind of creepy vibe. You know what this is um, reminding me of? That movie Spotlight, um, which mm. is it's a very well made movie. Mark Ruffalo in it. And it was about the uh, the Catholic Church abuse scandal, and it was it was basically very clearly like one sided because the same thing. Any time that there was a Catholic bishop or priest, it was always shot um, under like it being suspicious, basically. Uh, and and, yeah. and it was like, okay, you're telling a true story that needs to be told and needs to be exposed, but when you're doing that kind of stuff, it's almost like you're hurting the cause because you're making it more clear of okay. We, we get that this is an important subject, but you're also being very heavy-handed with your attempt in this, at least in, in this specific film, it sounds like they are trying just to attempt to go after Mormonism itself versus telling the actual, you know, story. 
Right. And I, you know, a lot of the stuff, it's like, I don't get the connection that you're trying to make. Yeah. I mean, Joseph Smith doing that, like hundreds, you know, in the 1800s, what does it have to do with, you know, these guys who did a really, well, I'm not going to say which person, but one yeah. of the Mormons who's more fundamentalist doing yeah. something horrible. Yeah. It's just not. And so was it, that was it, a, was it a sexual crime? I'm guessing. Oh, no, no. Okay, just okay. straight up murder. Okay. Um, so, you know, I watched a couple episodes of it and I was like, let me see what Mormons think about Because, <laughs> I mean, I've, I've known plenty of Mormons over the years and yeah. they don't act like Andrew Garfield was being like really hokey. Yeah. You know, and I was like, I don't know any Mormons who act like that. Yeah. You know. Also, Mormons are very honest with their opinions about things, too, because I remember when Book yeah. of Mormon on Broadway came out um, and a lot of them ended up really liking it. Right. A lot of them, because even though it definitely took you know shots at their beliefs and stuff, it did it in such a way where they, it's, it, they still presented them as being the nicest people you'll ever meet. And many of them are like that's many, many of them. That's their personality. It's just they're very nice people. Right. I'm going to I'm going to have to switch over to my iPad cuz my iPhone's like draining. So, okay. talk, talk amongst yourself here. Let me do this. Okay, right absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I don't know what happens some... if I log in twice to something. <laughs> uh, you sh- you should be okay. Yes. I think as long as you close it on the other after the fact, you should be all right. Oh, okay. Let's We're going to find I... out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Papa Cotti had said have I seen Legend with Tom Cruise yet? No, I do have it, but I've not watched it yet. Uh, Luca had said that 33 is a great age. Um, let's see. Let's let Laura back in. Hello. Hi. There she is. Okay. Ah, look yep. at that. That was seamless. That's probably ah, the most seamless we've ever been in these. Sweet. <laughs> yeah, my, my, this app just kills my iPhone battery. Yeah. Let me get that plugged in. Look like an Apple geek back here. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. No, it's just, um, yeah, so a lot of people who were Mormons were like, you know, first of all, <laughs> <laughs> so it's like a laundry list response, basically. Yeah, it was like, you know, this was set in the 80s. But even back in the 80s, we don't talk this way, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and then they're like, yeah, every time there's a Mormon on screen who's in the po- position of power, there's this ominous, scary music in the background. <laughs> but I guess worst of all was the um, sister of uh diane lafferty or i don't know if it was dana or diane but um it said diane on here at least okay good yeah her sister um came out and was like that's not what happened you know it's like the the reason i guess i'll spoil it if you if you don't want to hear spoilers i don't know turn your volume so i will i will go ahead and put the uh spoilers tab up look at that so fancy spoiler warning you've been warned you have been. Um, they, they try to say that the fundamentalist like origins of the church was what caused this woman to be murdered. Hmm. And it's the, the lady was like, no, the guy who murdered her was just, she was a much more moderate uh, Mormon and it just clashed you know, with the, with the fundamentalist family. And it was basically just jealousy because she just, she didn't, she wasn't a quiet person. She gave her opinion. She was very mm. well educated and it, it just snubbed her out because of that. Yeah. Um, so it's, that's like, Oh, I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> if like the, the sister of the girl who got murdered. And then I guess uh, Andrew Garfield's character is like completely fictional. 
Oh, okay. So it's based off a real story, but then they make stuff up. Right. Oh, that's just... Yeah. That's the easiest way to make people say, okay, I have no interest in this now, because you're just going to tell me what you want me to know and what you want me to hear, not actually what happened. You know, Mm -hmm. like, if you want to do that, just make a fictional story or, like, an actual story that might be based on true events, but is very clearly, like... It's one of those where this is a generalized story that's been ha- that's happened before, and this is just a dramatization of what one of those would have looked like. Yeah, um, I mean, it, it was interesting in, is the fact that you had a moderate Mormon family, then you had yeah. a fundamentalist family, and then Andrew Garfield's family is just kind of, I think, in the middle, you know, mm-hmm. kind of leaning towards being more moderate. Um, yeah. Yeah, but I, I doubt I'll even finish it, though, which is sad, Dang. you know. Wow. But... I mean, acting was fine. Okay. Nothing on Andrew. But uh, <laughs> yeah, if you're gonna see a movie more recently with him, obviously No Way Home is a good one. But also Tick Tick Boom. Tick Tick um, Boom. Uh, I need to rewatch that one. It was. <laughs> it's just very well made, and it's like this—the only, literally, the only thing from Lin Manuel Miranda that I <laughs> that I enjoy. Oh, I think you would like Encanto. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. It's just. Uh, I understand. Yeah, we don't talk about Bruno. No, no, we no, don't. No. <laughs> but we're gonna sing this entire song about Bruno. <laughs> exactly. Uh, now I'm uh, gonna go I, watch that. Did I tell you that uh, your mentioning of that and that's like my only knowledge is from your mention of that movie? It was yeah, it was a school event where they had they were playing all of these Disney songs in different languages, and I was like, oh, I know this one. I haven't seen the movie, but I only know it. (laughs) That song was stick. Lin-Manuel is, he has some magical power to Mm -hmm. get, because especially with uh, the Hamilton movie. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Singing those songs forever. (laughs) They get stuck in your head. Yeah. Even if I don't, yeah. Even if I'm not a big fan of his or his style, I can definitely see he's got a very, he does have a talent for earworm uh, music or earworm songs. There is someone on YouTube who breaks down like how complicated his music is. And, um, you know, I'm enjoying it because I don't understand. I mean, Mm -hmm. my daughter is into music, so she's like, Oh, this is fantastic. But, um, like, um, the, in the movie Encanto, the family's name is Madrigal. Mm. And I guess a Madrigal in Spanish is when you have several different songs, that merge into one final oh, song. Okay, like at yeah. the end of yeah. um, the uh, South Park. Yeah. At the end of South Park, you have all the songs That's right. together. Okay. So. It's very common in musicals. Usually that's the end of act one, typically. Yes. There's this big song, and normally it takes a bunch of pieces from different songs together to... Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. How we got sidetracked? <laughs> it happens. Uh, I do have about maybe 14, 15 minutes. So, um, yeah, yeah but we got we got still got a little bit of time though. So, what else were you able to see? I finished Stranger Things last night. Yeah. Um. Did you like it as much as I did? Is the real question. Cried like a baby. <laughs> oh, I know. This one tugs at the heartstrings oh. in in a lot of ways. So many moments. They did that stereotypical thing where like everyone's in danger, everyone's in danger. What's going to yeah. happen? You know, <laughs> I was just like, oh god, this is not, this is not good. Yeah. 
Somebody and is going to cry. <laughs> I know. Absolutely. Because I think that it, I don't really think this is much of a spoiler at this point because I'm not going to mention specifically who, but you know that someone is going to die, right? It's just like, yeah. okay, someone's at some point going to die. This is this is a very common thing in, in a lot of modern television um, for this to happen. But yeah, this is just, I like how it, <laughs> it lists as that uh, season 4.5 um, on uh, Metacritic. It's a weird way to... It's like, no, it's a season four. Just half of season four, yeah. Uh, no, nah, but it, it paid off really well. I was glad I stayed up late <laughs> to watch it. <laughs> I like that point, uh, 1.5 feature on Netflix. You can just like yes. power through it. I've been so tempted to for so many things, but when it's something I've never seen, I, I feel like I can't because it's, it's more so for movies because pacing is a big important step for me, or at least it's a big part. of. So I would feel like I couldn't, authentically review a movie specifically if i had it on 1.5 speed um because i would not really have a good grasp on what the actual pacing was i think for shows it's a little bit different because shows typically but i say that and yet man that last episode was over two hours long it didn't feel like it and i loved it yeah it was so like i got to the point where i needed to like go get some food or something because i was hungry and i thought oh i'm looks like i'm getting to the end and it was no i'm getting to the climax of like this this episode to to get to like the next one in the next part because it was i was i was an hour into the two hour episode that's when you check and you're like oh man yeah (laughs) and like yeah like there was a couple points where i'm like how much time do i have left but not because i wanted to know when it ended it was because how much more time do i have to enjoy this it was like oh man i know it's got to end soon i don't want it to but some surprisingly funny moments i was like i didn't expect to laugh that much but i know that's great yeah. And also they, they have this habit the last few seasons. I mean, because I know some people are, are, you know, kind of harsh on seasons two and three. I like them. I think they're fine. I think season one is still like tops for me just because you're first getting to know the characters. It's a very I think it's a much more simple story, which just makes it that much easier to enjoy. And then two and three have their issues, but I overall enjoy them because they all each season introduces new characters. And I always like the new characters that are introduced. Um, oh yeah, they do a good job with bringing in yeah. new interesting people. It is I, sometimes I heartbreaking. Skip all of that stuff, yes, sometimes. Yeah, I was talking more so about when Samwise Gamgee um, <laughs> shows up in the show. Uh, this is a spoiler for what was that season two? Bob. Um, yeah. Yeah, Bob. Oh, F's in, in the peace, chat Bob. for Bob. F's in the chat for Bob. Oh, <laughs> uh, that was a, that was a tough one because I'm because he's just. Because he's playing him, he gets to play himself. It feels like you know. It's like this is how I I would suspect him to be in real life, and so now he's just playing this character who's just this genuinely good guy. And oh, poor Bob. might as well have been wearing a red shirt. I know, poor guy. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh lord, I did skip over a lot of the stuff um, that wasn't central to the main characters. Okay. There was stuff that I don't want to spoil anything for anybody. For, for, for this current season? Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. I was like, I don't, this side plot, I'm not really feeling it. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I could, I could, yeah. I understand. Is the stuff in the desert? Uh, no. Uh, okay. In the place where it was cold. <laughs> oh, yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I don't uh, think it's a spoiler to say, at least in Mother Russia. In I mean, Russia. Like, in Mother Russia. Yeah. I, I like that one enough because there were a couple of characters there where I thought, okay, I'd like to know more about who this guy is and follow this a bit. But yeah, it's 
But that's what's so great about the show is that it gives you so much that you actually have the ability to do that versus shows like uh, Obi-Wan or any of the MCU shows where the episodes fluctuate between 30 minutes and 45 and they still have fluff in them. It's just like Stranger Things gives you how many episodes was it this season? Was it eight or nine it finished with? I thought seven, but okay, maybe it was just seven. But you know what? Every episode is over an hour long. And it's actually mm-hmm. the episode. It's not just the credits that add on an extra five minutes like in the Disney Plus shows. Um, it's actually an hour of content. And then the last two episodes, the first one's like an hour and a half. And then the second one's over two hours. So it can then, I think, it, it justifies having those moments of fluff. Because it's, it, yeah, any movie has it. Right? Almost any movie you have out there is going to have those things even people who are hardcore fans of older shows like star trek will say oh yeah well you can skip this episode or oh yeah you can skip that episode because there's fluff you know it's not central to the story but Mm -hmm. that's why i love this show because it actually gives fans something to munch on right it gives fans something to chew on for a bit but it also gives them a a time to have a break too you know right and uh you know, a time to be able to, you know, okay, I can breathe now. Or, oh, I can go and grab some water and not have to pause it necessarily because I'm not going to miss anything. Yeah, the the wife is really invested in the little Will kid. She just okay. loves him to pieces. But yeah. you can really tell, like, who's got the acting chops at this point and who doesn't, yeah. you know. Poor, like, poor little Finn Wolfhard. I it's, know. Again, he's... He's getting this leading man persona that's being perpetuated on him and stuff outside of Stranger Things, but he doesn't have it. You know, not saying he's a bad kid, but he there he's just missing that he's missing that spark. I mean, I'm worried. I'm actually very concerned about Millie Bobby Brown in her like just personal life because she I I just I I'm afraid of her being like taken in and chewed up by Hollywood, by the Hollywood system. Like yeah, cuz she's, she's very got talented. some good parents. Yeah. Know? Cause she is so talented. And so she's the kind of person that could get chewed up by Hollywood um, by that. So yeah, hopefully, hopefully she has some, some, some guardians there. Um, but yeah, the little kid that plays mm-hmm. Will is great. And a lot of the other uh, side characters too are, are also very talented. So yeah. Let's see. I actually have a list here. Of course, Maverick. Is oh yeah. Top Gun Maverick. Oh, That's how movies so used good. to be. Everybody in the eighties. Yep. It was fun. And Tom Cruise. I can say mm-hmm. that now Tina's not here, so. <laughs> <laughs> Ma- oh. Mapoth- Map- was it Ma- Mapoth? I always forget how to say his real Ma- name. Maypother. Maypother. <laughs> Tom Maypother. Apparently, uh, it's lousy with Maypothers out there, so. Yes. But no, this film, seriously, it was just, it was just so solid. I was like, how did they film that? They must have filmed that in an actual jet. Like with mm-hmm. the with the uh, diversionary rockets coming out the back, that was the coolest. It's yep. like, ooh, got a rocket in my tail, pow pow, and the little rockets go out the side. I was like, oh, that's great. Oh yeah, and that's why even before going to the film, finding out even just from that baseline that there were going to be shots from inside the jets, um, I immediately was like, okay, I'm excited just to see how they do that, but also I'm more excited about the 4K release because Lord knows there's going to be a lot of behind the scenes oh, stuff yeah. going on, you know. So yeah, the, the part where pumped. Goose's son pops up and hits the canopy. Yeah. Um, that was actually, yeah, he wasn't supposed to do that. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's like, I didn't have my seatbelt on quite right. <laughs> yeah, a lot of the behind the scenes stuff I've seen already has just been yeah. fantastic. Oh, ooh, it's going to be good. Oh, anyway. yeah. 
Well, I, I, absolutely. And then even just one of the last shots of the movie, you have one of the actors actually flying a real plane because, you know, everyone knows, you know, because that's the thing. People that don't know might actually think, oh, man, Tom Cruise is flying that jet. And it's like, nah, military's not going to allow him to actually fly a jet. I mean, could <laughs> he do it? Know. I think he could. I think he absolutely could learn to do it because he is a very he's very talented especially when it comes to learning those skills but your military is not gonna let him do that but he there are other planes though that are not military grade or are not restricted um that actors would not be able to fly and so it's, it was really cool seeing even that at the end of seeing an actual plane being flown by an actor oh yeah yeah i'm so glad it's doing good it makes me happy yeah i know seriously <laughs> like i just it's the question of how much or what is its ceiling? Because I don't really know. It's just, it's dropping so strong. Here's our Friday numbers. So a little early box office breakdown, people. Minions made 48 million. That's its Thursday to Friday. Oh my goodness. So Minions has already matched <laughs> essentially what Lightyear made in its entire opening weekend. Uh-huh. And this is just after a day. <laughs> That's so great. I love it. I'm going to go uh, see it this weekend. But look at what number two. <laughs> What's that number two? It's still Top Gun Maverick. 14% drop. Is that oh what that is? God. Yep. So this film's going to get to 600 million. It's already it's been got, out. It's, only, it's been out for 36 days and it's still it's making. Legs. It's, it's got, got legs. It's got legs. It's legs. Anytime I say that, I'm always just like, someone's going to listen to this one day and say, why does he keep talking about legs? What's going on with this? <laughs> But yeah, 1.03 billion right now. And that, so internationally, I think it's going to hit 500 plus this weekend. By the end of the 4th of July, this could get very close to 600. So yeah, I I could see it getting to 1.1 billion by the end of the weekend. That makes me so happy. Oh, yeah. Oh, so, so happy. And then someone was asking where Lightyear was. Number six dropped another 63%. Lightyear lost money. (laughs) (laughs) has it lost money or no oh it's yeah so it's still it's still in the red (laughs) yeah my projections have it be where it's going to lose somewhere between 100 and 150 million um i don't think it's gonna work i just based on a 63 percent drop i don't see that recovering nope sucks sucks for you yeah (laughs) disney play stupid games win stupid prizes Goodness. Uh, good. Let's see what else. Oh, oh, uh, you would love this. I don't know if you have Hulu. Um, I do. Only murders in the building. I keep <sighs> yes. Yeah, someone so someone mentioned that in the chat and uh, the other day, and I I, I remember thinking about it because I see the preview for it uh, for it all the time whenever I have Hulu open. But I okay. I I love Steve Martin and I love Martin Short, but Selena Gomez. She she does pretty good. I've never okay. seen her in anything. I'm not a Disney kid. I don't okay. I don't know any of that stuff. But uh, okay, yeah, I see, they play off her being like a kid, and they're boomers, right? Okay, <laughs> they okay. Need to, it's you know they're in contact with her, and they need to like get uh, they need to contact her some way. So they pull out their cell phones, and Martin Short's like, "Don't call them. They hate it when you call them." <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, so that's like, great. Steve Martin's trying to like you know put together a text message and it's all greetings dear woman you know he does like a letter (laughs) (laughs) such a boomer it's so cute that's pretty fun I love Martin Short's character in this but they they all have a lot of character development so okay it's it's very good okay there's a season two out and I'm only in episode two so okay okay 
Nice. Yeah, I see some people in the chat. You know, obviously, I understand the animosity towards Disney. Totally understand it. But the important thing to know about Hulu is that they own controlling stake in Hulu. They don't own it outright. At least that was the last I remember specifically about it, um, was that they own the majority shares, so they essentially own it, but they don't own it outright, is what I've gathered. Ah, yes, our, our Doug Fisney people. <laughs> yes, yes. I don't know. I'm, I've never been very good at being extreme at one way or the other. I'm yeah. just here floating in the middle trying to yeah. live my life. <laughs> yeah, same here. You know, Enjoy and that's why if anyone wants to cancel it, I'm always like, yeah, I think you have good reason to. But it's like if someone says I'm feeling pressure to, but I don't want to because I like X, Y or Z. I'm like, hey, if you like those things, it's your money. You know, and that's what's great. I think about most people within our, you know, our fellowship is that we're not gatekeepers on that. Right. We're not going to cancel you because you happen to own um disney plus or netflix or anything like that you know you know that that's so weird that we're talking about this right now because i don't know why i randomly came across that video of um evs Mm. was saying that what the fandom menace should do is like ignore all this disney stuff and just go do our own thing and i was like are you kidding me what what better way to to make money and off of exposing mm-hmm. how horrible their content is. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's like it's 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 the concept of you know monet, you know monetizing the haters as as Jeremy always likes to say. Yeah. Um. But but it's also and this is the I think I I made this point a couple of streams ago where I said you know the reason why I still have these is because well my mindset is there are people that. You know, it's not to, I'm not trying to toot my own horn. It's like, but there are people that follow me. There are people that trust my view on things. And sometimes people want to know whether or not something is worth giving time to or not worth giving time to. And, you know, if every single one of us just gave up and all these different services or gave up access to or just gave up watching them all together, because some others would say, well, you could sail the high seas. But it's like, yeah, but there is definitely a moral, you know, conundrum mm-hmm. there, I would say. It's not a there's not a I don't think a very clear moral um connect you know moral uh answer to that question i think there's a lot of nuances to that one actually you know that's a whole other topic for a whole other day yeah Um, yeah yeah but if we're not talking about this then guess who's left talking about it collider you know all of the people who are going to shill for these for these giant corporations so it's like if we see the space that we've taken that's actually the worst thing that we can do because then the people watching it are just going to keep watching it or the very least will become indoctrinated to only Mm -hmm. see it one way and that's why the voices and having different voices is so important. Yeah, I mean, like, EFAP completely destroyed um, the first Disney Star Wars movie for me, yep. The Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I liked it on a very surface level, but, like, frame by frame, breaking it down, and, yeah. you know, the, the it, was, it went on for, like, hours. Yeah. And I was like... And yet, I bet at no point yeah. did they say, you should never watch this movie... Like you were, you know, they might say it in the way of, oh, this is so terrible. No one should watch it, you know, which is different than you must not watch. Right. Like there's there's a very big difference in trying to control somebody's money versus uh, telling somebody, hey, I think that the film is this bad that you probably shouldn't see it, you know? Yeah. But yeah. but apparently because uh, there were guests coming over, right, like it's supposed to be a little after three, but apparently they've already <laughs> showed. So I'm going to have to, unfortunately I'm at the end, but are you going to be available for next week too? 
Yeah, a bit. A okay. bit. I'll see if I have anything I didn't touch on today. But okay, thank cool. You yeah, so much we can... for your time. Yeah, no, thank it. you. Thank you so much <laughs> just for, for everything you've done, for all the support you've given and uh for being Free here content for... so oh this is so much fun conversation <laughs> this is what it is i it love is. these i love these conversations um, oh yeah but we'll pick up with that so mark on the list saying okay we left off with only murderers in the building <laughs> and we could pick up uh, next week but yes there will be a stream next week next uh saturday from 12 to 3 uh we will uh, no stream tonight as i said there's people over but also i try to not have two streams on saturday uh just for my own sanity and also because you know it's not fair on uh on my wife for that so i uh you know so no stream tonight uh no welcome to asgard podcast stream tonight so hopefully everyone who was gonna watch tonight has been able to watch this or will be able to watch this a little bit later but laura anything you want to plug before we head out oh no the salon article uh and <laughs> <on> the <laughs> fandom menace it's kind of like in uh godzilla versus kong when they hit kong with a nuclear weapon yeah it's like you're just making him stronger what are you doing <laughs> <laughs> you're not helping yourself <laughs> it's like you're just making the phantom menace stronger why do you do that you're just making us stronger <laughs> <laughs> that's some very emperor emperor like <laughs> well have fun with your people thank you yeah Visitor. again someone who who babysitted baby thor not babysitted but was the nanny for baby thor uh, for you know, key months in his development Aww. really helped him get to the point where I think he is today, which is um, a little bit. He's not like ahead of everybody else, but he's like just a little bit, you know, keeping up with some, but then also not behind either. And I think a big, a big part of that was the amount of help that she gave. Oh, that's um, very cool. Yeah, I think he's I. He's the best. Around. around no one's gonna <laughs> keep her down absolutely uh but anyway thank you everyone for watching today to all of my chosen who are here for those that were not here we will have another chosen stream next saturday so for me next stream i will have is going to be tuesday morning for the good morning asgard podcast then we'll have a stream tuesday evening um welcome to asgard podcast then we'll have morning stream wednesday morning stream thursday over at the omb reports uh channel and then next Saturday, 12 to 3, we'll have a, another chosen stream. More people who were not here last, uh, who were not here this week, who will be able to share their stuff. And then, of course, people who were here, were this, who were here this week who might have more to share as well. So thank you to everybody in the chat. Shout out to Tina and Steph, my Valks. Shout out to, to the Modern Major General, Laura, who's on with me right now, who is uh, the Modern Major General of the channel and also uh, <laughs> one of the mods as well. So thank you again, Laura, for being here. I wear many hats. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Anyway, you guys are all amazing people. Hope you have a blessed Saturday, everybody. And as always, God bless. Bye. And now for a huge special shout out to my June Keeper of the Bifrost and Chosen of Valhalla level members, Brandon, let's go Brandon, Christopher Bowman, Garrett Searles, Hymir Irie Hymason, Jeff Toon, Joe Horn, Jonathan Carney, Laura, the Modern Major General Story, Father Luca, Mike Jackson, for the win, Mad Mitch Dunaway, or in chat reviews, make sure to check out his YouTube channel. He just hit 1,000 subscribers. Rosetta Allen, check out her YouTube channel as well. Stan Andrian, Miss Martin Muses, check out her YouTube channel. And also, of course, the amazing Tina B, Empress of the Universe. Check out her YouTube channel, especially her show, Soup to Nuts, that she does with the amazing Stephanie B. Thank you all very much for supporting me over on Patreon. And a huge shout out to all of my subscribers as well over on Subscribestar app. 
at these levels. Matt, 317, Storm Tracker, the R, Fast Reaction, Mr. Roy, and also, of course, J-Rod, the Beer Guru, and ZK-Man. You guys are amazing. And a last shout-out to my Locals members. We have Miss Minnesota Hockey Fan. How about a hockey player? We have Mike Jackson for the win once again, Robert Barnes, and Brett D. 90. So I want to say thank you again for being my members at the Keeper of the Bifrost level and the Chosen of Valhalla levels. If you want your name specially shouted out at the end of every single video and live stream, please check out my links at the Patreon and Subscribe Star. Uh, you can find those in the top link in the video description, the Willow link as I like to call it. We can also get access to things like giveaways, things like the podcast I do with John the Flick Pick Flickinger and other cool stuff like that. Anyway, thank you all very much for supporting me for the month of June. You're all amazing and and beautiful people, hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day. And as always, God bless.